Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Hotline League. There's so much crazy stuff that has happened in the past week. I forgot to do an audio check, so hopefully everybody in the chat will be uh, telling me if audio needs to be bumped on somebody in the beginning. Otherwise, the podcast listener right now that's hearing this in their car is going to be really frustrated with you. Um, but it's a really great episode. Uh, first off, let me shout out Alienware and Grubhub, just in case I don't uh, I forget to um, at the start. But Mark... We won't spend too much on your favorite movies and shows from the past week, but how's your week been? It's going good. Um, obviously, playoffs are popping. They've been incredible. A lot of upsets, a lot of good series. Uh, and it's a fast turnaround time. It's just a couple of days before it starts up again on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, I also, I know that you're not using the microphone on that headset, but it is very funny to see it hanging off all the way off. On this the is side. the muted. I can... Here, let me just, uh, there you go. Okay, perfect. Wow, Less look at that amazing hey, customization available. Yeah, on you know, I'll Alienware go fully headset. wireless, too. There yes. you go. Yeah, Who's boom. Nothing? Okay, fantastic. Anyway, uh, we have a special guest on the show. Uh, Mark, are you intimidated at all? Because if this goes poorly, you might not have a job next year. No. <laughs> I'm never intimidated. It's a challenge. Okay, fantastic. Well, anyway, let's introduce our guest for the week, which is none other then Jackie Felling, the LCS Commissioner. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Uh, really excited to be here. Thank you for having me and uh, hope this goes well and we only get slightly roasted. Yes, yes, I know. We're trying to be nice because this is, people don't realize this, but this is, I think, the first time you've ever done like an interview, certainly on camera, right? Yeah, it is. So I'm definitely super, super nervous, but um, <laughs> You know, hopefully it goes well, and uh, yeah, just go from there. <laughs> well, uh, welcome. At the, I told Mark we weren't going to do the star, booth but thing, okay. but it's already <laughs> happening. Twitch chat spamming I'm the booth. I primed them last week in Twitch chat. I'm just is, imagining them booing you. Okay, fantastic. It's, it's, yes. it's very lovingly, supportively. There's a lot of people acknowledging that it's it's booing from the heart in a yeah. positive way. I'm honestly <laughs> impressed that we had this much carryover from last week. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen if I didn't call for it. Yeah, exactly. Me too. But apparently it worked. Uh, all right. So, Jackie, why don't you give us um, a little bit about yourself and your history? Um, because I think there are some people that might have seen your a tweet from you or maybe you pop up on Reddit. But if they're not paying attention to everything on a week-to-week -week basis, they might not be familiar. So, yeah, what's sort of the your background and all that before you came to Riot? Yeah, so uh, I'm originally Canadian. Uh, I moved down to California about five years ago. Uh, I have been in the gaming and esports world for about 16 years now. So um, I started actually at a small company called Relic Entertainment uh, as a community manager. And then uh, that was really like I'm aging myself now, but that was, you know, long before social media like Twitter and uh, and stuff like that. So community management back in the day used to be like, you know, live events and forums and all of that. So it was just a great introduction to the gaming industry. Um, and then after that, I worked at a few different gaming uh, companies before I ended up at Microsoft uh, working on Gears of War. So I was there for eight years and primarily on the game development side. So as a game producer, I managed like, you know, the characters and cinematics and weapons and vehicles teams. Um, did a lot of mocap shoots, you know, worked directly with the artists, um, with a lot of different folks on the design team as well, um, to really produce, you know, Gears of War from concept through to ship. Um, and that's really where I got, and this is gonna be a long story, so I'm sorry. No, you're good, go, go for it. <laughs> it's a good thing to do when you're nervous. 
Um, and so, you know, while I was there, um, I actually got uh, contacted by a few community members, you know, who were really into esports. And, uh, and that's really my introduction where they wanted to see us do something for Gears of War, like the old uh, MLG days. And so I asked my studio head, like, hey, can I just get like 50 grand and let's go run some, you know, tournaments uh, for the Gears of War community. That was really my introduction to esports. Uh, and then eventually ran the global program for Gears of War before moving down to California and starting on Overwatch League as the lead uh, product manager there. And then I was on Call of Duty League as the product director. So awesome. that's really the history um, of my career. And, you know, now I am at uh, Riot and I have kind of two roles. One role is the commissioner role, um, which is a role that has traditionally been um, you know, working with teams and owners and players and uh, stuff like that. And then my new role is the head of League of Legends Esports in North America. And that's really kind of looking overall at the ecosystem in North America, you know, the path to pro, game changers, um, and of course, LCS. And um, really kind of looking at the overall, um, you know, what we're doing in the region, as well as what we're doing on the broadcast and all the surrounding events. So, nice. Yeah. I have to bounce that's back me. quickly. Relic, were you there for Company of Heroes? I sure was. <laughs> that game blew my mind as a as a teenager. That shit You're was like me a full formative. On boomer right now. <laughs> I, I mean, I was like you know seventeen. I wasn't like twelve or something playing that game. But yeah, when that game finally, I, I remember getting PC Gamer magazine like when they first showed in that like the destructible terrain and all that stuff. Like that, I just was waiting for that game to come out for so long and then it lived up to the hype for me i played so much company of heroes uh well yeah we, it was really fun and relic had like an amazing community as well right and i think that's like one of the cool things that's been like a theme you know throughout my career it's just like this awesome community of like very passionate and uh and vocal fans and so you know it's no surprise to encounter that on league as well and i think it's been a somewhat good training <laughs> we'll see I'm reading the Twitch comments, so yeah. Don't See read the Twitch comments. Such such a bad idea. Um, I'm most definitely doing it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, everybody, be nice. Um, okay. So uh, wait, how, really quickly, also for people that don't know, when did you officially join Riot, and then what has your time been like during this? Because I know Greeley was kind of running things through summer or sorry, spring finals. So yeah, I don't know what's the full timeline on all that. Yeah, so I started end of January and Riot goes through a bunch of like onboarding and sort of uh, new employee training. So I was really started, I guess, like mid, uh, early mid-February. And the whole first spring split was really about learning and, you know, getting to know all of the staff and the teams and players and owners and um, talent, of course, and, and everyone else. And um, pretty much spring split, I mean, Mark was actually involved in a lot of these sessions as well, but we did a ton of like product brainstorming sessions, like trying to understand, you know, what we think are the opportunities, you know, what what would be really fun um, to bring to the broadcast. And I mean, the talent have such amazing ideas. So we've got a lot of great ideas that we've been working on with them and then uh, just working with the staff all through Spring Split to really just learn and um, and watch and, and listen and, you know, read Reddit and read Twitch and read Twitter and understand the community. Um, and yeah, Summer Split has really been, you know, where I've had the chance to kind of get more involved and well, we have a lot of big plans for 2023, um, you know, really right now we're just focused on making Chicago as awesome as it could be. Uh, was Mark helpful at all in those meetings? You said he was in them, but it was, did he provide any value <laughs> whatsoever? 
Uh, see, I don't know which way I should go with this answer because, like, <laughs> on the one hand, I feel like you want me to roast him, yes. but on the other hand, he was actually like extremely helpful. So okay. he well, did bring in a, a lot of good ideas. It's good to hear he brings good ideas somewhere. Anyway, I, I, you know, the other thing too is with with the public here. I'm like, is this what she thinks? Is this just? Doesn't want to say the truth, the har the harsh truth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Four thousand well, people watching. She'll message me bus. later and be like, "By the way, that was such a tough a question to answer because I didn't." Hey, want Mark to. fucking sucked. Kept derailing the meetings. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so here uh, I wanted to set a, a sort of expectations for tonight's show uh, as we get into it uh, with everybody watching live and and um, online later on. But I think we are going to have Jackie on for. The first hour, you might have to run, but if not, uh, it might go as far as an hour and a half. And then Mark and I really want to talk about, like, take a couple calls about um, this past weekend and the coming weekend, because obviously we're in the middle of playoffs. And so I think we will probably save that last half hour for a couple calls around that so that Mark and I can geek out about the Cloud9 and uh, EG match, which was obviously... You mean the TSM match? I was talking about the one from this past weekend, Mark, not... Yeah, TSM Ford. match was from this past weekend. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. The TSM I'm, match that... I'm excited that TSM beat yes. FlyQuest. You know, they don't have as many fans. You don't have to pander to them anymore, Travis, Mark. you don't have to pretend <laughs> that they don't exist. Okay, They're anyway... Um, you can't... So we'll talk about that in the last half hour. Um, during the show, uh, while we have Jackie on, I think one... Um, we're looking to talk a little bit about like just introducing you to the community and also looking towards Chicago. But I'm sure there's some other stuff that people do want to talk about, so we'll get that called in. I assume you cannot talk about changes that you are making for the 2023 season yet, right, Jackie? <laughs> um, we can talk a little bit about it, but definitely want to you know save most of that really for after Chicago and you know take a look at early January or end of this year, you know, I'd love to come back on the show and, um, you know, talk a little bit more about our plans, but yeah, I don't want to get like too much into details for 2023 because we're still figuring it out and getting a lot of feedback. Um, we actually just met with players like two weeks ago, um, to get their feedback as well. So still incorporating a lot of it and solidifying the plans. Yeah. So I, Damn, here's I, was, I was hoping it was going to be a leak everything for us to get bigger viewership, <laughs> get some clips on Reddit, you know, start having yeah. people show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if people are looking to come on the show, I mean, you can ask whatever you want in the chat and we might pull it. But I think if you're specifically like, I want to see, uh, or what is the exact format going to be for, I don't know, lock-in or spring or anything like that next year, it's probably not a good chance that we'll get that answer. So it might not be worth wasting time think, to ask that. And Jackie, correct me if this is, not what you're comfortable with but i pulled some takes that are somewhat more philosophically questioning like what's your perspective on like imports or you know like how viewership ties into that i don't know if those are questions that you can answer because you don't need to say like specifically we're doing this but you know just uh, maybe sentiment that you have um after you know a couple months now and whatnot and and where your your thinking is around it even if it's not like the specific details is that are those takes fine by you uh, I think so. I mean, okay. I think we can uh, see how it goes. But yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to hide anything. You know, it's it's still we're still very early. Um, and I want to make sure that I'm giving you guys like actual real answers and not just like canned like PR answer. <laughs> so uh, we'll take I'll a look at it for next the, year. Yeah. I'll do the yeah, I'll do the best for the questions that you give me. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Okay. So, but if if anybody does have some stuff that they want to talk about in terms of Chicago or just more general questions about Jackie, we can definitely field some of those in the mix as well because this is as we mentioned at the start of the show your first time doing any kind of content so people i think 
I know you've made yourself known to like the Reddit community and you've been active on Twitter and all that stuff, but um, kind of this is, I think, the, the cool chance for people to kind of get to know you before you get pummeled with, why isn't 2023 going to be best of threes every match or something like that? So um, <laughs> it looks like Mark is already pulling some takes. So while he's uh, looking for a couple more of those, uh, I don't know, Jackie, what, how's, how's summer been? Why, why don't you give us your general take on like how you think the LCS has done this summer? Because obviously sentiment, I feel like has been improving, but I don't know. Are there any big successes or anything that you still want to work on um, based off of how summer splits gone so far? Yeah. Um, I think for me, you know, summer, summer was all about us trying to find opportunities to test, you know, different things and not just try to do the same thing like over again. And as we're looking at 2023 and like all the changes that we want to make and, you know, trying to um, provide the league with like a, a kind of a breath of fresh air and a different like look and feel. Um, I think for summer, the approach that we wanted to take was look at like the things that were working in spring and then try just a few extra things in summer that would, you know, um, things that fans had asked for. We had a lot of comments on Twitch and Twitter and Reddit, you know, asking us for different things that people would like to see. And so a few things we tested were, you know, the themed weekends. So we had the Star Guardian, you know, themed day. We had the pool party themed day. We wanted to test live cons. Obviously, like a huge, huge focus for us for summer was like testing players on broadcast and trying to give our players you know, more opportunity to show their personalities. And I mean, they're all like, just like when you meet them, they're just like wonderful, right? And I really want that to come across on the broadcast, you know? So we wanted to test a few things like that for summer. Um, and Evan and Justin and several others on the team, you know, that have put a lot of effort, you know, into thinking about how we can kind of plus up summer. I think uh, overall it's done pretty well. You know, we've seen some good improvements to viewership. I think good improvements to sentiment overall. And it's great kind of hearing from fans, just like real time, like, Either they like the live comms or they don't, or it was too much of it, you know, like where do we dial it in? And I think that's that whole like being community and fan driven, like trying to listen to people because, you know, like there are viewers, like they're the people that, you know, care the most about this. And and I actually think like we have a ton of fans and a ton of viewers that really want the best for the LCS. Um, and I really want to like cater, you know, to them, right? Because they are the people that are like building the foundation. Um, of where we can go next year. So I don't know if that's like a cheesy answer at all, but like, I'm, I'm really excited. And a lot of the stuff that we tested, I think actually went over like pretty well and where there were a few things that, you know, could have gone better. It's a really good learning experience to, to see what we want to do next year. Yeah. I mean, I, and talking to you, it sounds like a lot of this has been, you know, uh, what can we do for summer as we're really planning to, to make, some cool, I don't know, changes or thoughts or whatever going into spring of next year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, <clears throat> this summer isn't going to be like a, an indication of what next year will look like, but I think you can kind of see the themes that we're really interested in, right? Like working more with the players, you know, like being really, uh, like having fun and entertaining content, you know, like one of the things we did, which like actually Mark, and the whole talent team were like a really big part of um, was asking for more like talent generated content and, you know, giving the talent more budget and flexibility to like run with their ideas. So one of the things we did for the summer was like set the talent team up with a specific strike team, right? And, um, you know, give them dedicated like producer and, you know, shooter editor, right? To be able to bring their ideas to fruition. Um, you know, so again, just an example, like we're testing things, seeing what works. And um, yeah, I think the summer, showed us uh, a little bit more about like what fans like or, or don't like. Yeah. 
Mark, I don't know if you have any any questions or anything you want to bring up before we jump into calls. I mean, I have a, a lot, but I think it's best to just seed my thoughts throughout the calls so we don't um, box out too much Callers. time of, of just the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Um, Should I get well, the first one? Yeah, go ahead and go for it. Um, while we wait for Mark to grab that first caller from the waiting room, a bunch of people subbed. Um, so thank you. I'm going to work through these during the show. But uh, NJ, uh, Jordan, Darking, Kylo Zen, Scaff, uh, Elf Const or Off Constantly Gifted five subs. Thank you. Caddy Wampus, hey. uh, Zamelkai, uh, Tidy Cats Marketing. Good to see you again. Sky, Sky G, Sky G uh, for the five gifted subs. Swiss Franks, Night Sue. Ojam, Zylac, PJ Salt. And it looks like our first caller is here. Longtime Hotline League caller Rico Suave is here. Rico, where are you calling from? <laughs> I'm calling from Westchester, New York. Westchester, New York. Oh, are you are you going awesome. to try to get uh, tickets to Worlds uh, in the next week or so? Um, I'll be lucky enough if I could uh, go to one because uh, my wife's pregnant is due around Worlds. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. Yay. Wait. Rico, were you the person who called into Hotline Love yes, way back? Yes, Yeah, okay, I thought so. Damn, that's so crazy that <laughs> all the way back then it started. Yeah, I feel like, um, Rico, the you, have to, you have to name your child after Mark or I for helping to set up that, that marriage. Um, anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show? All right, so um, uh, what I want to talk about is, so it's a two-part, so I'll start off with a very soft uh, softball one. Um, are there any things that you plan on bringing from the COD scene into the LCS? That's a good question. Um, I think there are so many amazing things actually about like the COD community, um, not just the people, but like the players just have such amazing personalities. And I think they bring a lot of that like rivalry to the forefront. Um, and while I think, you know, in esports, a lot of times there's like manufactured storylines and people, you know, that try to like make a rivalry or some kind of beef that's not there. I definitely don't think we want to do that. Um, but I think, you know, trying to, I guess, get inspired by the way that the COD pros like treat their identities and their personalities. I, you know, met with all the players last week and I kind of shared something similar with them where I was like, look, like we all need to help each other. And like, I really need your guys' help too. And like the absolute focus should be training and practicing and like performing as well as they possibly can. But you know, I challenge the players to, you know, really think about their identities and their brand and how they can think about conveying that. Because when you meet with them all in person, they're like so fun and, you know, so they have so much personality. But sometimes I think, you know, we've, um, you know, we don't necessarily put them in places where they can really show that. And so I think for me, one of the inspirations, at least to answer your question from the COD scene is like, how can we set up our players like more for success? And how can we you know, really allow them to shine because they, they really are awesome. And I think we can do a lot to help that. Do you think uh, we'll ever get to a point where we have Jojo Pion killing Jensen and standing up and yelling, get fucked or something? Isn't that like the COD, <laughs> the COD player thing? Did you see well, FBI? I <laughs> uh, oh, no, what happened? The comms, but like, I think it was game two. FBI got like a triple kill or something and was like, I don't know what he was saying, but I guarantee you, if you leak the comms on that, you know he was he was popping off. Yeah, I feel like COD well, players I hope are very verbal. We have that on tape somewhere because we yes. should definitely go back and find it. Um, yeah. But you know, I don't think it could ever possibly anything worse than what we saw in the Gears of War scene, and I think Gears <laughs> of War is like even more heated than COD. So at this point, nothing will shock me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, uh, Rico, you said you had. Oh, Mark, did you want to follow up on that? I, I it's, it's something uh, Jackie won't be able to answer. But like one thing I do like about some of those stage setups from shooters is the kind of like direct matchup look, and that we kind of get that for finals sometimes. But I do think. I don't know, there's something about when the person stands up and they, like the person's in their field of view, you know, and like it just makes the the pop-offs feel more, I don't know, confrontational when it's like actually facing each other. And I, I don't know, I don't know what stage plans are for next year, but <clears throat> they'd be cool. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah I think uh, those kinds of things are not out of the question. Um, you know, I think it's half like what the players are comfortable with and, and how, you know, like, I, I, again, like they have to be like, Playing has to be number one, right? But after that, if we can come up with some kind of format or, you know, come up with uh, some styling of entertainment that, you know, helps them, again, be themselves more, like, I'm totally up for that. And I'm sure, you know, we'll think of a lot of those cool ideas with the talent team and, and with the broadcast team more. Yeah. Uh, Rico, you said you had something else you wanted to follow up on. Yes. Uh, she started kind of answering it a little bit with uh, per pushing out personalities, but uh, the other part is... Um, as you probably have heard, uh, Chavis, a lot of people have been pointing it out. Um, viewership has been an issue, and uh, lots of people like me have watched the LCS in season one, season two. And uh, I was wondering, what is your plan to capture the younger audience or convince the older generation to hand it down to the newer generation, just like you would see with traditional sports? I mean, I think, you know, it's... Uh... It's not really a surprise or a secret, right, that viewership could be better. Um, and it, it's something that we've obviously on the league side been looking at very closely this year. And, you know, really all of the tests that we did for summer was like, you know, hugely focused on what kinds of things can move the needle and what kinds of things can affect viewership, right? And um, the, how many hours was it? Like nine hours total, Mark? <laughs> we did like three three-hour sessions, right, of these product brainstorming sessions with talent, right, specifically around this concept, like, what do we need to do to be more entertaining? What do we need to do, you know, to grow viewership? And I've asked the same questions of our owners, you know, of our players, of our internal staff. Um, and I have a pretty good idea in my mind, you know, of where we want to go with this. Again, like, not fully sharing that that kind of future direction for 2023, but I think you'll see, like, it'll be a lot, very focused on, like, players. It should be focused on like entertainment and you know trying to engage with the community and the fans more um and i i hope you know that that kind of connection to the community and to the fans will bring back a lot of maybe the viewers that are lapsed and then also you know just us getting a little bit more data driven like not necessarily making decisions based on like what partners or sponsors or, or you know owners or even staff want right but looking at the data and um you know trying to see where we can learn from and, and what are all those things that, um, you know, could be potential possibilities uh, for the future. So, yeah, I think like growing growing viewership is is a huge focus for us. And we're trying to be really, really intentional about it while, you know, testing things out this year. Um, I don't know if that I, answered your question. Well, here, let me let me follow up a little bit too. Like you mentioned being data driven. Do you have a sense on like what it is that fans are are looking for you know like whenever people talk about viewership you immediately get a lot of people i tend to think these folks might be um more in the european area of the world but that will say na sucks and that's why nobody's gonna watch is because they go to worlds and then they shit the bed and they suck and so like i think sometimes there's even even among people i talk to within the industry they kind of like roll over and just go like well 
viewership is the way it is because we don't perform and like performing is going to be really hard with the way that everything's set up so like we're just doomed and there's kind of like a doom and gloom setting so like i don't know whenever you're looking at uh reasons why perhaps people have stopped watching or maybe they aren't watching as much like what are the yeah. things that you're seeing uh before we go too far into this i will say there is a doom and gloom caller about like sentiment more though so than the viewership angle so uh, I can bring that person in next if we want to tackle that, or if there's like a separate way of answering that doesn't go too much on like the. Well, do you th angle. does do you think that person talks a lot about performance, Mark? Because maybe we should just pull them then for that. They don't talk. Uh, I, I don't know. It's it's Tom Shoe. I don't know where you never know where Tom Shoe's going to oh, go. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, we should save Tom Shoe for last after Jackie's like worked her way up. <laughs> it does to Tom follow Shue. up off this, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, here let's just to really quickly go with it. Like, do you do you see? Do you have understandings at all, all Jack here? Does like Riot have understandings of like what people want more of or what's stopping them from maybe watching more? That's a different question than where you were going right before this. <laughs> well, I don't know. I well, it was about the performance or anything like that, right? Because sometimes people are like... Yeah, uh, like you mean like I, world's performance, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I think also okay. Travis is just asking like what, based off the data you've seen, what do you think is obviously there's a lot to the pie of things that fans yeah. want but like what's the biggest like thing that you might think is underserved right now to them or something yeah okay there's two things to this and i think like the first one is like the softball answer right and the second one is like i think more of like a hot take but i think you know at the end of the day like league of legends and lcs like we're looking at it from like a real like longevity standpoint right and in any sport and by the way, I don't think esports and sports should necessarily be the same. We have a lot to learn from each other, but like I, I fundamentally think they're different. Um, but you know, when it comes to traditional sports like the NFL or NBA or anything like that, F1 even, um, all those major sports have had like meaningful longevity, right? Like thinking about things from not just like two years or five years or 10 years, but like a hundred years. And in those sports, like the viewership goes up and down, like there's valleys and there's you know, hills and, and all of that. And the viewership, you know, is something that is going to change and flex with the times, right? So I think as a overall sport, like we are gonna see ups and downs. Um, but when it comes to the LC in particular and like being data-driven, like what you said, I think digging into it, it's, it's for me anyways, it's really interesting, right? As an outsider coming in from the outside looking in, right? And, and looking at LCS. Um, and what the data shows me actually is like, fascinating right so part of it is like time slotting like the time of the week the day right that we're on the time of the day um the data shows us like there are different levels of viewers you know over the course of the week so that's something that we're thinking about is like when can we capture the most audience you know obviously we've been on weekends for a long time and that's not necessarily something that like we might change uh so i'm not like committing to any changes but we're just from a data perspective looking at overall throughout the week like where can we capture the most people right um, the other interesting, you know, thing that I think is, is data driven is, um, you know, performance at worlds. And I think that comes up a lot, right. As, as something that people point to, like, why don't people watch LCS? And again, when you look at the data, you can see actually, and actually from your surveys as well, Travis, like that was actually rated like pretty low as a, as in terms of like why people do or don't watch the LCS or people, why they do or don't watch league of legends. Like when you look at CB law. When you look at like the European regional leagues, like all of these leagues like are doing amazing content, being entertaining, like really dialing into their communities. And we see like CB LOL and the ERLs have like great viewership. 
that's not necessarily like connected to world's viewership, right? So while like I really, for me, like long-term, I really, really want to see like LCS perform well. I really want to see any talent like perform well. I want to see us like grow the region overall. And I have like ideas on how we can do that. The whole team has like a lot of ideas on it. But I think, you know, blaming world's performance and again, like super hot take. Um, I don't think you can like point to that necessarily anymore or even format because there's so many different leagues experimenting with things worldwide. I think it's like, how do you connect the most with your fans? And I think from an LCS perspective, I think that we could be doing a better job of connecting with our fans. And I hope that that's, you know, where we go in the future and we can kind of build that community base back up and, you know, build people's trust back up and, and also like help people care about the players and the teams again. Um, I think that's like a really critical piece. And that's one of the main things that you saw in your surveys too, Travis, right? Was, um, you know, people don't necessarily know about the players and the teams. We, we stopped doing content for a while, right? There was the pandemic. There's like a lot of different things that took place. And like, to be honest, like full responsibility, like we, we could have done a better job, you know, of um, kind of keeping that player content going. And so we're kind of trying to bring it back now. You've seen like the contracts drive piece. You've seen like all the little inserts we're doing in the broadcast that has like player stories and stuff like that. We're even asking our teams, you know, to provide content, um, you know, for the broadcast to again, like help share more stories about the teams and the players. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's just like a, a, a the very like smallest amount, you know, that there's so much more data that we look into and so many more things that we, you know, talk about internally. But um, yeah, it's kind of like the main main things that we're looking at is like how we can truly like build back viewership long term, like be really honest with ourselves about like what the actual problem is, not go chasing things that don't necessarily like impact viewership. Right. And and again, like try to reconnect with the community. I know I keep saying that, but I think we've like lost our way a little bit and I'm really hoping you know, that we can show fans that like, you know, the LCS is fun again and it's authentic and, you know, it's, um, it's entertaining, you know, all of those different things. Yeah. Uh, not to give anything away, but in that, those nine hour meetings or whatever, near the one of the start of them, you listed a bunch of pillars that I thought were very wise for things that like our content and focus should be on going forward and things that, like you said, might have slipped off the radar fully. So like, I definitely think a lot of the things that we discussed in those meetings and presented felt really good and like things that we weren't doing a great job of. And I think we've started, even if the form will change heading into next year, the ideas have already started being acted on. And like, I think that's one of the reasons that sentiment has gotten a lot better in summer was we did a lot better job um, telling player storylines and giving people reasons to care. I remember, I think that was one of like your big pillars if i can leak that <laughs> you know that uh try, trying to <laughs> yeah. give each each people a reason to care and i know like the rent a girlfriend thing is super troll <laughs> um but like that made <laughs> philip so much more of a name in the community than i think he ever would have like yeah. prior to being willing to just lean into something like that um so like i think hopefully we, we can, can keep doing a job and finding like little things to give fans to latch on to um, yeah, okay. yeah. I don't think like the, the pillars or whatever, right, should be like secret at all, right? Like it's not, this isn't like rocket science, you know what I mean? Like I think it's about like getting back to the basics and um, and really like investing our time and energy into like really specific things. And again, like players, community building, you know, like us being service oriented, right? Like I've talked with our team and just me, right? Like I want to serve the fans and the players and the owners. And like, I think about that from like, you know, serving is kind of an interesting word that's 
you know, something that's been uh, used in different ways over time. But for me, like being service oriented is like thinking about like, how can we, you know, really put um, these other groups first and like put their needs first and, and think about that and like pipeline development, right? Like thinking about the future, about NA talent and about like how we can grow long term. Um, those are really, you know, the, the big things that we're focusing on and, and hopefully I'll be able to share like a lot more details too soon. Awesome. Okay. Well, I, I, we got a lot of colors, so I want to, I want to move through stuff. Uh, but Rico, was there anything there that you thought was interesting? Yeah, for sure. Uh, can I just ask a quick yes or no question? Yeah, go for it. Um, um, has any of the negative criticism from certain streamers, uh, affected viewership, you think? think so yeah but i think that that is because of really passionate people right like i think that's about listening to the community and listening to the fans and like people are really just voicing you know what they are um worried about like if you're talking about double lift like him and i had a great conversation and like i think like he wants the lcs to grow like just as much as we do um you know and and that's like a huge a huge focus for us and i think everybody that i talk to like even the people that have like the most criticisms like they always tell me like yeah i feel like strongly about this but it's because i want you guys to succeed i'm like i hear that like we can't be thin skinned like i can't read reddit and then just cry and then like leave right like people are saying things because there's a theme or like people are noticing things and we have to listen to that thank you so much rico for the call anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break Shout out to you guys, Grubhub, Alienware, and uh, boo to the commish. Okay, very good. Thanks so, <laughs> thanks so much for the Thank call. You. And congratulations. Uh, looking, hopefully looking forward to seeing you at Worlds, but totally understand if uh, impending fatherhood will prevent you. But again, thanks for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, have a good night, guys. And lady. Yeah, see ya. Thank you. Okay, cool. So yeah, and uh, also like I'm oh, seeing a lot of comments in Twitch chat too, right? About like, well, are you guys really listening to the fans? Like, there's these things we've been complaining about for years, and you know, like yes, like everything that comes up multiple times, like we're seeing, and you know, we need to make decisions about when we can also implement those changes. And some of those changes, like we can test right away, like we did for summer, right? There's a lot of things that people ask for, like the tri lane cast, you know, like giving the casters more freedom and more budget to, you know, be free. Um, so many different things that people have asked for that we've tried to like implement right away when we can. I think like even the players mentioned to us, like the chairs were a little bit like old. So we're like, bam, like let's get new chairs in. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like we don't know about problems if we don't hear about them. Uh, and that's so that's part of it. But, you know, for those of you that are in Twitch chat, like, hey, we keep complaining about this. Like, why aren't you doing anything about it? It's because sometimes like, that it might not be the right time, like next year when we have the chance to kind of like start fresh and look at things overall, like that might be a really good time to do some of those things that people are asking for. So just wanted to touch on that really briefly. Be, be careful with looking at Twitch chat. They will lead you down. Mark and I have gotten into huge I'm reading everything. Twitch chat. Because <laughs> the thing is late. you say something it's and then late. another person comes back and they go, well, what about this? And then you end up in a five minute shouting match with the podcast listeners are just like, <laughs> well, who are they even talking to? Um, and, and normally we we encourage that, but given that we have a lot to cover, yeah, I um, Travis being yes, uh, no, okay, no, no shadow match. <laughs> Speaking shit. of something to cover, I want to give a shout out to our first sponsor of the night, which is Alienware. Thank you, Alienware, for sponsoring the show. Uh, we love you, Alienware. Uh, they do fantastic stuff. Mark is wearing a new Alienware headset as he is in the other room 
uh, grabbing uh, our next collar. Um, and I know he's really, really enjoyed it. You can go check it out over at Alienware.com slash Travis. Um, ahead of Worlds, which I have will an be... Alienware PC. Nice. Does that help? We love to hear it. Yes, thank you. Um, ahead of Worlds, which is uh, going to be quite pricey for me, uh, the... Um, if you purchase, actually, this is just permanent that they're doing, but I just want to flag it right now for folks that might not know. If you purchase through alienware.com slash Travis through my link, we've now done it after all of our years of partnership. We've now turned on a situation where um, if you use that link, a portion of that, if you're purchasing within the U.S., will make its way back to Travis Gafford Industries and help, literally help fund uh, hotel rooms for myself and my video producer, flights, whatever, while we're out. Uh, traveling. So if you're looking for a computer, please go check out Alienware. You can check them out at alienware.com slash Travis. I see people in the chat spamming it. So thank you to all of those folks. And uh, I think we are ready for our next caller. Mark, you want to grab them? Yep. Okay, here we go. Laser Fruit is here. Laser Fruit, where are you calling from? I am calling from Ontario, Canada. Ontario, Let's Canada. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Jackie always loves to hear Canadians calling. Um, <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, so my take tonight is that NA's heavy reliance on imports actually caused the problem that it was supposed to fix, which was specifically um, the lack of native NA talent. Um, so I think imports essentially created the holes that they were supposed to plug in rosters. It's like there wasn't really roster issues before we started heavily importing players. So what, yeah, do you want to expand a little bit on this? Because I think I'm having a hard time following you. So you're you're suggesting that, like, import players are squeezing out the NA talent? Um, or how, I mean, I think, because you're kind of starting with the premise of, like, oh, there were gaps in rosters and we were able to fill them with imports. So um, back in, it was started in 2014, but 2015 was, like, the huge Korean exodus. Um, essentially, uh us and EU, there's basically two imports per team on every team um, because these players were supposed to supposedly better um, than the players we had, and they were supposed to fix like our lack of competitive talent internationally. And like over time, a lot of these imports have stayed, and then we've also just kept importing players. So currently, of the two teams we have locked for Worlds right now, there's one North, North American player. Iron blabber. Um, but I think like these holes in rosters that they were originally supposed to fill, there weren't holes there. Like they essentially just pushed out all the talent. And that's why we haven't had any any talent in years. Well, I wanna I wanna somewhat recontextualize your your take because I think it's a little hard, obviously, for Jackie to speak to stuff that was happening in twenty fifteen when she was busy uh adding chainsaws to guns and gears of war. <laughs> um, but uh, I think, I think you, you, from your perspective, it sounds like laser fruit. And maybe let me ask you this. What do you think of the current import situation in the LCS? Clearly you think it's problematic, but like, do you, do I, you think that there's some sort of solution for where we're at right now? Um, I mean, I think it's getting better with Jojo, Danny. Um, we currently have like a lot of, uh, good talent in academy that a lot of people think are ready to be moved up like tenacity busio i think spyrax has been pretty good and there's a bunch of other names i don't want to list everybody off but i, th sure. I think it is getting better um but um, there was 
Go ahead. Sorry. Good. No, you, you finish. I th- I th- um, so yeah, like, I think it is getting better. And I think especially if EG makes worlds, um, we'll see a lot more NA talent, but I, it is still an issue, I think. I mean, so to, to help do some table setting for this too, regardless, like I know a lot of people don't care about uh, import players representing them at worlds, but there's also a non-negligible fan base where having players that did not come up through their their scene, their grassroots, makes it harder to connect with them or it doesn't feel like they're truly from North America. I mean, it's a can of worms to really dig into all of it, but um, there are some people who feel that way. I personally, like for someone like Impact, he played like two and a half years in Korea, has now played eight in North America. You know, he has his green card. Uh, he's a, a resident player now. You know, like I have no problem rooting for Impact. Um, some fans still would rather be rooting for like, I don't know, a revenge or something or a licorice or, or something. Um, different fan groups have different interests, I guess you could say, or things that they connect with. Um, so I, it's not like, for me at least, I don't think it's inherently import bad, but there's a question of did it go too far, you know, and things like that. Yeah, so I guess, uh, Jackie, just generally, what do you think of uh, the import situation and kind of the conversation we're having here around all of that? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a conversation that comes up often, right? And it, it is it is part of, you know, what, what we're thinking about. I think, like, you know, the cop-out answer is, like, at the end of the day, like, the import rules are determined by, like, the global competition operations team, right? So the global rules for League of Legends esports are definitely, like, determined by a different team. That being said, like, we do get input, we get say, right? Like, we absolutely do get to, you know, work with them on that. There's certain things that we're working on with global, right, to... Um, not related to imports, but certain things that we're working with them on, on potential rule changes, you know, on based on like community feedback or, you know, things that come up. So that's kind of like the cop answer, right? I think looking at the region overall, right? Again, like looking at it long-term, I don't want to just think like one split ahead, right? Like that's not going to help us in the region long-term get to where we need to go. I think like, honestly, we need to really approach this um, in terms of like, how can we get more League of Legends, get more competitive play into North America overall, right? So some of the things I'm thinking about for 2023 are like, obviously the amateur academy systems, the path to LCS, like all of those different systems I'm working with the teams, you know, to take a look at like, what can we do to make those more robust, right? What can we do to get more people in North America playing on LAN casually, like League of Legends, right? What kind of partnerships can we set up? How can we work with our teams to activate more? And the reason why I really, you know, think about that is like, if you look at MLS or F1 as like, again, esports sports different, but if you look at them from like an inspirational standpoint of how they've like reversed, you know, uh, talent and different things in their sports, I think F1 is really interesting because they've taken like what could be considered like an older sport or something that like had its heyday and they've really like modernized it and made it a lot more personal with like their reality series and helping people follow like with Drive to Survive and like help them to follow the storylines and like almost revitalize that kind of sport overnight, right? When you look at um, MLS, they've done an amazing job of like working with their team owners to basically set up these like youth development camps, right? If I go right now, I'm in, I'm in Orange County, right? If I go to Great Park, Right now, there's like these little tents everywhere all over the fields that have like LA Galaxy on them, right? They've actually gone out and worked with their teams to develop these really 
robust youth programs and, you know, high school and college programs, and they get these people out to their sports, they get them playing soccer or international football, whichever one you prefer. Um, you know, they're really trying hard to grow the sport. And I think like that is why I want to kind of look at those things, right? How are these sports kind of like investing long-term in a region? How are they, you know, telling the stories about their sports? How are they um, thinking about the development overall of the sport all the way from like kids through, you know, to adults and how can we get more play? So um, that is definitely something that we're taking a look at and like long, long-term, uh, we have to like grow our talent and become more competitive. And the only way that we do that is by creating structures and programs where people can actually, you know, get involved and play. Um, so I, I hope that that wasn't like too unsatisfying an answer. Um, it's something I'm thinking about all the time. And, you know, it's this mix of like, what do we want to do short term and long term? I just I, I should warn you too. whenever you're talking about any global rule sets, uh, a short time ago, I looked in the viewer list and I saw Waylon is watching. So uh, you have to I want to just warn you, Jackie, don't piss off Waylon whenever you're mentioning anything global because he's got eyes on the show right now. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and anytime you toss something his direction, I'm sure he's going to, he's going to pick up on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have a good relationship with the global team, right? Like that's the whole point is that like the regions are supposed to be able to like input and share things that they're learning that they're seeing in their regions. Right. And, um, you know, I think that, that, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, that's the only answer I can give right now. And, um, yeah, we're definitely thinking about like the long-term development of the sport. Yeah. Sorry, um, that was the like worst ending ever to that question. No, All right, no, no, you're good. You're don't good. worry, we got Rick, plenty. Ask me another one. Ask yeah, me yeah. another one. Uh, we got plenty of juice left in this topic, I think, because um, laser fruit. One thing I, I was thinking a lot about recently is how North America has not really treated its greatest young talent like prodigies the way other regions do. I feel like before JoJo and Danny, every player who came up for the last five years was like battle tested more than necessary in some sense, yeah. where they spent extra years going through academy or extra years like in sub situations. Blabber, Spica, Vulcan, um, a lot of these guys also may maybe had to start on like lower tier teams as well. Like Vulcan had to start on clutch or whatever. Um, and I think when you look at other regions, if you're a hot young talent coming up and like people are like big orgs are interested in you like right away, like they want you on their team. And I think uh, somewhere along the way, regardless of the rule set, the organizations themselves got gun shy about putting young talent in a position to carry like absolutely even licorice like played on Tempo Storm for like a year or more before like people were really willing to give him a shot on C9. And C9, to their credit, is one of the orgs, one of the, the better orgs about putting younger players yeah. in historically. But like that is something that I feel like other regions do a lot better job of. Like if you are a truly good young talent, to, you can call him a prodigy, you get to skip rungs on the ladder. And for North America, it felt like we stuck extra rungs. Like, I don't know why it's taking Kenvi, Tenacity, yeah. some of those guys you're listing so long. Like, you can talk about the contract situation, which doesn't even get into the import rule side of it. Like, there's a broader part to this conversation that goes beyond just, like, the, the import situation that I think needs to get tackled about why NA orgs are so afraid to try younger talent. And I think, I think part of the reason is... If you look at um, like LEC and LCK, I don't really follow China much at all. 
Um, they tend to build teams around these young rookies that are like super promising and that they think can be really good players. Whereas we kind of use them as fillers. Like we take these imports or like really, really good players. And then, oh, we need a jungler. Well, here we can't find somebody good. Here's this young rookie that we can slot in. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think there's a, I don't want to spend too much conversation on it tonight because I think um, I want to, I want to slam as many topics as we can past uh, Jackie, since it's hard to very busy person. Um, but I uh, really quick. Can I address yeah. the last yeah, couple comments it. you made? Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, there's a few different ways that we can like help with this. Right. So like I mentioned, like it's on us to provide like the structure and the programs. And, you know, that's something that we're working on for next year for sure. And I think we're already seeing a lot of success this year with it, with like quite a few folks from the amateur academy system kind of like moving up into LCS. So, you know, very happy to see that. Uh, but, you know, we're, we've also launched Champions Q, right? And that's something that we're continuing to evolve and continuing to look at. And I think one of the nice things about Champions Q is it's just an alternate way for any talent to really show their stuff. And we, we have a lot of things we need to improve with that overall. Um, but it's another path, right? It's another way aside from just playing, you know, in those different ecosystems, like Champions Q is a way that those players can also show themselves off, right? Um, the other thing I was going to say is like content, right? Like, I think we want to do more content on like the up and coming players. Like I've been talking to the features team about like a scouting report style piece of content, right? Where we can see up and coming players, you know, whoever is the next to turn of age, right, to get into the LCS or even to turn of age to get into like academy and amateur, like we need to spotlight them more to also help showcase that to our teams, to the community, you know, to the pro scene overall. Um, just more content, I think, on those up and comers and also up and coming like casters too, up and coming women, like we should use, you know, our content as an opportunity to, you know, shine lights on these different uh, aspects of, of League of Legends esports in North America that we may not normally get to see uh, very often. So, you know, it's a bunch of little things, I think, that add up to kind of an overall solution. Uh, hey, loser or laser fruit. Thank you so much for the call. Anything that you want to shout out before uh, we go on to our next caller? Uh, sure. I'll shout out Alienware and Grubhub and I'll shout out Jackie for coming on the show. <laughs> awesome. uh, thank you. It's nice yeah. to talk to you. Thank you so much. Right. Have a good one. You too. All right. Uh, catching up on some subs. Thank you to Zylac, PJ Salt, Easy G, uh, Chief Xandipus for the year, uh, The Real Divert, Zachary GG, Fish Sticks, uh, Chill Spencer, Sneaky, uh, I Love Kofefe, and Dubbers. We'll catch more in a second. But next up is Warden Winter. Warden Winter, where are you calling from? I come from State College, Pennsylvania. State College, Pennsylvania. Uh, what do you want nice. to talk about on the show? Uh, so I want to talk about how the LCS is woefully under-monetized for most fans. Uh, fans want to be able to buy things to represent their teams or to rep like show their team spirit and if there were more things for them to buy they they would like through the client and uh through other systems that they can show their team spirit are you talking about like merch and stuff like that car no not not merch at all I, i'm talking about things that could be in the client that they could show to others like in game and like in like that system rather like activating the the league of legends client as a way to monetize for the teams. And we've seen it sometimes with things like icons and 
There was a, a brief instance with a, a world's chroma that was put up for a bit, but those we haven't seen anything like that for years. And it's really a, a huge missed opportunity. And I feel like with a franchise league in particular, it's it, it really should be utilized. Well, I think the the other thing that I was kind of thinking about this, and I maybe we're we're sneaking too far ahead into twenty twenty three plans, or you can't speak to this, uh, Jackie. <laughs> so feel free if you if you need to, but. I also saw you tweet recently about learning about emotes uh, on Twitch and trying to get uh, Twitch oh. emotes. I don't know if that was a separate thing. What's what, Mark? What is your? No, opinion? nothing. Sorry, I was, I'm related to the emotes thing. You finish. I'm excited okay. about them. Well, that was all I was gonna say. Is I don't know about. We, we I saw you tweet about emotes, and it made me think about emotes because obviously we don't have LCS emotes. So what, I don't know what were you gonna say, Mark. Well, we enabled uh, BTTV and 7TV emotes, and I debated the entire fucking audience accidentally on Saturday by saying that we had some that we didn't have enabled, which was my bad because I didn't check the actual list. So I was talking about Bedge oh, and Bokage and Monkasteer, and like we didn't have any of those enabled. So the next day, I pinged the person in charge of that, and I got them added for Sunday. So I was in Twitch chat spamming those on Sunday. Um, but like uh, to the caller's point, to bring it full circle, it's like these are things that fans would want in theory like emotes and like things that can just express their fandom more uh, and fans as a, a resource i feel like sometimes riot is like player first fan first we should never ask anything from our fans but like i think part of fandom is also supporting the things that you like and it's okay to monetize off fans as long as it's not exploitative and, and greedy well like for example with emotes they there are sometimes the like the team icon emotes that are just the team logo but there's so much more that could be done there like some teams have mascots some teams have cool art art pieces that they, they can show that are associated with them and that would be a great place to to put some value in yeah i feel you look as somebody that is like you know, used to work on the characters and weapons team for Gears of War, right? Like, I love that stuff, right? I, I think it's so fun in games when you can showcase your fandom through weapon skins or character skins or whatever it is in, in that game, right? And it's also a big benefit to owners, right, in, in esports. So, I look, I totally agree with you. I think, um, I think it's something that our teams would love. I think it's, you know, something that I would love. Um, it, it, I think it's a process, right, in terms of working with the game team and the global team on kind of enabling this for, for League of Legends worldwide. And I, I, I know for a fact that those conversations, you know, are happening. And I think it's something that, you know, again, like, sorry for the cop answer, but like, the, that is something that like the global team is is really looking into and, and passionate about and i'm hoping that we're able to enable for for our teams and and for our fans um for sure and that's why like we wanted to also set up the lcs discord right like that's why we wanted to set up like emotes on discord and the emotes that we could do on these different um you know platforms so it's uh it's something i'm very like also excited about and i'm, I'm really hoping that like we can share more on that in, in the future soon. Let, let me also uh, help Jackie by explaining a little bit that, unfortunately, the way that Riot is set up and many publishers that support esports is like, there's a game dev team that gets to make all of these decisions. And so as much as esports might want something, and I'm not saying this is what Jackie's saying, but uh, you know, it's not always, unfortunately, as easy as LCS <laughs> being like, I want a double lift skin added to uh, Caitlyn or something like that. Oh, Please get it to me in two weeks. with a bowl cut running around. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Mark? Uh, so nothing. I was gonna, I was going to support that. That like 
LCS unfortunately can't just tap the skins team whenever they want to like add something, even like little legends or whatnot. But what I will say as a broader point, Jackie is also a big fantasy nerd like you and I. Brandon Sanderson fans unite. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I am. I also play D and D every week. <laughs> Uh, but where I was going to go with that. Don't call out my nerdiness like too much, though. <laughs> no, no, no. I just want to maintain. One of us, as Travis and I, have just tons of like Brandon Sanderson stuff in like in the in the background. Um, but like one thing that he's done really well is monetize his fandom by giving them what they want, and fans are happy to support people and products that they enjoy. Um, and so like it is a, not just an LCS point, but like a broader point about fandom as a whole that like i don't think the lcs has always wanted to monetize their fans uh or like when they do it's almost always like always a premium product angle that doesn't always land like the pro view was like a great idea that just like took more resources than it 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 produced or something i don't, I don't exactly know the full story around why that, that ended up going away but like there's other like even merch even though the caller uh warden winter wasn't talking about it, i'm sure merch could somehow work as well if we figured out what people want other than just the typical like peripherals hey uh Warren we banned the guy that said brandon sanderson's overrated yeah yeah I, i'll ban <laughs> just him just kidding uh, just kidding, just kidding. no no i'm timing him out i was unsure i literally considered it but i was like oh, i shouldn't have that type of reaction and then you suggested it so i timed them out for 10 minutes okay uh, uh right now i play rogue and i i play assassin currently i play human that is like very afraid of magic um, but I've also played. Uh, Wait, variant uh, with all the plus ones. What? Are you? Are, do you? Isn't it the human variant that has all the plus one stats? It's like OP as hell. Are you a power gamer? My, like, class. No, no, I'm definitely okay, a role okay. player. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, just for uh, context. I played the magic rogue class too in the past, and that was really fun. But right now, my like character that is in the campaign that I've been in for like two or three years uh, is like very deathly afraid of magic. Whenever, whenever Jackie suddenly re reacts to something like that and starts talking about her D and D character, we did not do an edit. Uh, it's just that she's seeing Twitch chat and is answering questions <laughs> on the fly. Because uh, I'm going like, rogue. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no pun intended. Okay, Warren Winter. Anything um, that you want to shout out before we go to the next caller? Yeah, I just want to shout out to uh, the LCS and shout out to Jackie for coming on. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. much. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Catch you next time. All right. Uh, Mark is going off to grab the next caller. Back to shouting out some subs. Thank you to Director Donut, Robert Bruce, Easy Stay Safe, Mr. Dr. Enchilada, Yeshua uh, Lassizo, uh, Fidgen, and Plutonic Poltergeist. Uh, we got Fat Cat here. Fat Cat, where are you calling from? Uh, San Francisco, California. San Francisco. What do you want to talk about on the show? Oh, well, Jackie was talking about how she got into the uh, industry and how she started with, um, you know, moderating forums and stuff like that. Uh, I started my career before, like, esports really took off, so I kind of missed the train, went into software and startups and all of that. So my question is, as an older fan, um, you know, who hasn't, uh, who hasn't tried getting into the industry, what would you recommend uh, to people in software, like, in adjacent industries that want to uh, get into esports or, or the LCS or something like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's something that I'm personally very passionate about is helping people get into the industry and helping people kind of like understand how it works. And um, I think, you know, there's a few different suggestions that I would have for anybody trying to get into the esports or gaming industry. You know, the first one I think is like find a really great mentor. 
Um, it can be somebody in a company that you want to work for or somebody doing a job that you like already. Having a mentor is like really, really helpful because not only can they give you advice on things like your resume and cover letters, you know, they can help you do interview prep uh, when you're interviewing. They can also help you overall with um, just kind of like how you present yourself and what kind of job you should look for and what company. So like I think a mentor is uh, really, really important. Um, and then the second thing is is do the job before you get it. I preach that a lot on Twitter, but like, if you wanna be a journalist, like write articles. If you wanna be a video editor, like start doing your own content. Like the more that you can show that you uh, have those skills and you're passionate about it, like the much more uh, willing that companies are to take a look at your resume or bring you in for an interview or just kind of help you out. Uh, and then the third one I would say, which a lot of people don't know about is um, use a company or a website like uh, hit marker jobs, for example, um, they post a lot of like contract positions and they post a lot of like entry level positions. So a lot of the times if you go to like the blizzard or the riot or even the Microsoft websites, they don't necessarily list all of the entry level positions. Um, so that those kinds of like, uh, job kind of seeking boards, especially ones that are focused on like esports and gaming can be a really amazing, uh, way to, uh, start to get, like, look at some entry level jobs and, um, yeah. Like for example, we just hired a lead, lead moderator, uh, Arkham. Um, so he's actually like a paid moderator now, you know, that we're working with for the LCS Discord and for Twitch and for YouTube. And he actually, you know, like found uh, the job uh, through one of these like sites, right? So I think it's a great um, example of how, uh, you know, it can kind of help you get into the industry to try an entry level position rather than like gunning for like that senior director position right off rip. Yeah, please don't give my mods any idea. I don't want them to riot against me and start to unionize <laughs> um mark, mark you looked like you were about to say something no i was just gonna say uh i mean the point about the websites is a really good one because it's one that i hadn't considered because the, the the advice i always gave was always the like you know just start doing it because esports is an industry and like there's probably something that you can provide and w i know it's kind of shitty to <laughs> be like working for free in a sense um but like if you can show that you do have something to provide value in then when companies look into you and you have like a bit more of a portfolio, you can say, oh, I was already doing this kind of thing. That does help a lot. Yeah, um, exactly. It, it, it is an industry. So like whatever you're doing, like probably has some comparison in esports, especially it sounds like Fakai said you're in software, like a yeah, lot of software, things. <laughs> yeah, software analytics, marketing analytics, um, but usually for um, like we call it CPG, uh, consumer packaged goods. So like e-commerce and stuff, but you know, it's, it's, it's similar. It's just the, the customers are, you know, like you when you're buying coffee or, or pizza rather than uh, like when you're signing up to watch uh, like a e-league uh, esports game. Uh, all right. Thank you, Fat Cat, for calling in. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, oh, yeah. The, the people who taught me league and got me into it, uh, Phantom and Seven and Shrike uh, and all my, uh, we're, we're terrible, but uh, we have a lot of fun playing league. Awesome. Hey, thanks awesome. so much for the call, Fat Cat, and we will catch you next time. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Mark, you want to grab another caller? Yep. All right. Uh, thank you to I am Elvis Four for 49 months and Colorado Frost for six months. Uh, Jackie, I know we haven't gotten as many Chicago calls, but uh, anything in particular you're looking forward to for having finals in Chicago next week? It's crazy to think that we'll be flying next week, but yeah, anything in particular? Ah, 
So many things. Uh, where do I start? Um, all right, so we have some really cool charity initiatives that we're doing in Chicago. I think that's a great place to start. Uh, we're working with a lot of the local schools and parks boards and, and stuff like that to bring some kids in, uh, you know, into uh, the arena, do a tour, have like a panel where they can ask questions and like talk about the industry or really whatever questions they want to have. Um, so that's one of the things that I'm really excited about. And I think we're going to be announcing some more stuff around the charity uh, soon in terms of how fans and stuff like that can get involved as well. Um, so I'm excited about that for Chicago. Uh, we are trending very well for tickets right now. I think we've like the lower bowl is completely sold out. I think the second level is completely sold out. And we just have a few pockets in the 300s right now. So I think it's just going to be an amazing show. Should be so many people coming. Uh, we've got lots of giveaways uh, for fans. One of the cool things that we're doing is we're going to have these two cheering sections. So we have these two general admission sections um, that we're testing. This is a total test to see if this works for the first time where fans that have bought tickets in those GA sections, like they're, you know, there's meant to be kind of like the international football, like supporter sections where let's say, I don't know, whatever the two teams are on Saturday, you can go choose to sit in that team, team A section, or you could choose to sit in team B section and we'll have some competing cheers and some swag and stuff like that. So just to have a little more fan interaction, lots of giveaways. We're doing some amazing merch, really trying to like approach the merch from a more of like a, I'm a big like streetwear fan. Um, so trying to incorporate more like collabs, more, you know, wearable merch, just general things that we think, you know, fans will love. Uh, we've got a really, really amazing show. I can't believe I didn't talk about this first, um, that Justin and Caroline, our creative directors are planning, um, for the opening ceremony on Sunday. So hopefully you guys see and enjoy that show it should hopefully feel really big and spectacle and entertainment value and hoping uh, people love the direction that we're going to go with that. And we have a bunch of LCS 10 celebrations. What else? Lots of influencers, an amazing after party. I think just overall should be a really good time. And um, yeah, excited for people to see the changes that we're making, you know, on broadcast and content and just the event uh, overall and and the experience, the fan experience. So hoping it's awesome. a, a great one for people. Travis, did, yeah. did Jackie say the best part of, of the finals weekend? Are you going to be seeing Silver Scrapes on stage again? No, live Hotline League. Come on, it was, a, it was supposed to be an well, well, I figured oh, yeah, I would get to that. Hotline League on Grubhub stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. Oh, I man. figured I'd get to that when we got to the Grubhub ad uh, in the show. Oh, might be. But, might be. Um, I'm happy, happy to plug it uh, here as well. Okay. Uh, Jimmer Page is here. Jimmer Page, a man who tweeted at me, I believe, uh, threateningly, and then uh, <laughs> said that he was going to come okay. on the show when I disagreed Th thank with you, him. Thank you, because... I, I asked his take and he, he said it and I was like, oh yeah, I think I pulled that. And then I went to look and I could not find this take. So this might be a double dip with Tom Shu, but we'll we'll let we'll see what happens. Yeah. You should um, tell me if you're name. gonna pull people. I changed my name. I didn't pull I did not pull Jimmer Page. You pulled Jimmer Page. Oh, he changed his name. That's why I can't find him. Okay, okay. Yeah. You said uh, he tweeted at you, so I thought that that you snuck him in here. Yeah, yeah. I did not I've not pulled anybody, um, just so everybody knows. Uh, I saw some accusations earlier that I was seeding the the call. Anyway, Jim or Paige, where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Newport Beach in New California here. Newport. It would Hi. be someone from Orange County that would be <laughs> coming hey. after me on Twitter. Anyway, <laughs> um, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so my take is that I'm tired of all the negativity on the no NA player narratives uh, and that our teams feel like our teams and I can take pride in any success that uh, an NA team has without the asterisks of an imported team. Um, kind of preface it. I want to preface that with saying like 
I know the dad on technically you know, qualifies and one NA player, but I guess I think we have so many players that have spent a majority of their career here, like Yerkson, Jensen, who he someday impact in others than even our OS friends. They're kind of like our adopted family. Um, <laughs> and I think the content too, kind of surrounding the players kind of with what Jackie's doing as well, kind of helps to create that NA pride that I can be excited about. All right. I'm sorry, yeah. Jackie. Uh, you'll have to step aside for one second while I, I get into this with this Twitter troll. Uh, no, you're not a Twitter troll, but um, okay. Here's the thing. Yesterday, I tweeted out um, that if EG wins uh, and qualifies for Worlds, that we will only have one North American player on you stage. You mean Team Liquid? If uh, Team Liquid oh, yeah, wins. sorry. Yeah, Team Liquid. Uh, if Team Liquid wins and makes it to Worlds, we will only have one North American player on stage uh, at North American Worlds, which is Blabber. This was just, I think, something I tweeted out that I thought was worth talking about. Immediately, everybody felt like it was a political stance uh, that I had taken, and they responded court or, uh, in a similar way. David Sizenuk even uh, quote tweeted me and was uh, was saying like, "I don't care." Where okay, here's the thing: I am also very excited about having, you know, I I was within the past couple of weeks even suggesting that I would rather have Team Liquid rather than I don't know CLG or something like that at Worlds because I think it's important for us to have these big names as we're bringing worlds back to North America for the first time and hopefully bringing in some fans that have turned. So any accusations that I am like anti, uh, you know, hate all imports or something like that, I think is, is unfair. What I will say as a counterpoint, uh, Mr. Page is I think it is very important for a North American player sitting in the audience of Chicago finals. If it ends up being TL hundred T finals or, uh, you know, New York, if it we get to watch them play on stage, is to see a player on stage competing under a North American team that actually was uh, came out of like the North American system, like played video games here growing up, et cetera, et cetera. I think that is very important to inspire people because if there's a world where that player or those those fans or whatever are all sitting in the audience and the takeaway is like, hey, there's not room for you at Worlds if you uh, were born in North America and or grew up here or came out of the system. I think that that is like an, a really unfortunate um, message to send. And that's part of the reason why I'm very happy about what Jackie was saying earlier about like trying to really activate um, all the way down through the different um, levels of, of play all the way down to high school and, and below. Um, and so I think like there's... It's very funny because I think Mark and I used to sort of lead the charge on like, hey, Bjergsen and Jensen and people have been here for a very long time. Maybe we don't just say, well, they suck uh, because they aren't North American, uh, you know, from from the beginning. But I think it is also okay to say there's an opposite end of that spectrum where we only have one North American player potentially staying on playing on stage at Worlds and that that would be very disappointing. And what I think is very would be really exciting to see is something that is obviously a more of a mix. Like, I think that's why a lot of people have really grasped on to EG because they're like, wow, we fucking sniped the MVP from LEC. haha, ha, get fucked LEC. And we stuck him next to North American talent um, that are like rookies that are coming up. That's a really good uh, like mix of both worlds, I think. 
Um, and I'm not even saying that I'm like a 100T or TL hater. As I said earlier, I think it'd be great if, if TL goes for, especially for fans, 100T too, but like fans of Bjergsen, et cetera, from a long time ago would want to come to sit in the stands. But I just think like I would be disappointed in, like it, it would feel bad, I guess is what I would say, to be like, welcome to North American Worlds. There's one player on stage that's there. So that's kind of my my stance on it, Mr. Page. I don't know. Yeah, if, uh, I think go ahead. by and large, I pretty much agree with you. I think um, I think it is super important to have NA players. I just think the sentiment around it and like, I mean, that's it. It gets negative very quickly around us only having success because of imports. And I think that's where kind of. Yeah, I don't I, I'm not one of those people that comes over that gets raided in from the LEC chat and goes, Haha, no North American players, blah, 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 blah. But I am one of those people who would like to see space at the top for, uh, you know, the Jojo peons of the world. And, um, and, and I think right now we're probably trending in a direction where like, you know, we haven't done as good of a job of bringing up those, those rookies or that North American talent. And like, it'll, I honestly think feel a little bad to, to potentially see that on, on stage at, at worlds. Um, I know we've already talked a lot about imports, Jackie. So I, you know, tossing this over to you, and I know you've already kind of talked about your systems, but I don't want to just take this call and not give you a place to talk about it if you have any thoughts on it. Yeah, there's so much to unpack there, but you know, I think um, it it's absolutely like an understandable sentiment, right? And and I understand people from the region, honestly, like feeling that way, and I think. It's just going to take time for us to, you know, again, like improve our ecosystems to grow more talent. And I think it's also great, you know, like to to have our other teams, right? Like to look at EG and say like, hey, they're generating a lot of fandom from their choices of rosters, right? And I think once you see certain teams experimenting with things and having success, I think it does encourage other teams to do the same. Um, but that being said, like I... You know, like we had the player meetings um, last week or was it the week before? And I, I was pretty interested to hear from a lot of the players, like some of them that are imports that have been around for a while, I won't name any names, but some of them were like, I'm really proud to be playing in NA. Like when I, when I talk to the players about like, how do you feel about playing in LCS? Like, how do you feel about playing in NA? Like, do you feel proud? Do you feel embarrassed? Like, what's the sentiment? Like, do you want to be here in the future? And I wanted to have those like real, real conversations with the players themselves, you know, not owners, not anyone else, like just the players. Um, and so many of them were like, we love being an NA. Like, I love living here. I want to live here, you know, for the rest of my career. And I think we should support those players. Like, I think that's awesome. Like they have their own sense of pride that they've built and that they've, you know, grown up here with their fan bases. And like, I think that's awesome. Um, I also don't necessarily think, you know, that um, it's a bad thing that we are like growing slowly, like we're the underdogs. And like, that wasn't always the case, but right now, like we are the underdogs and I want to inspire like our fans to be proud of our North American players, but also our North American teams and see that like, whether it's imports or no imports, like our team owners, like they really are like, they want to win. They want to like engage with their fans and um, you know, want to support them like the best that we can. And so I'm just hoping that we can build LCS in the future to really help NA fans like feel that sense of pride, like to feel that sense of underdogs and like feel that NA pride. And to be honest, like all the viewers that come from like who knows where, right, uh, to 
trash like NA versus EU and all those things, like I hope our fans like eventually just like call them boomers, you know? Because like yeah. the only people that care about LEC versus LCS are like, you know, fans from the past or older folks. And like there was a lot of rivalry between different internal groups even within Riot. And like, I don't think that's the case now. Like I love the EU team, the LEC team. Like we share a lot of ideas. They've got a lot of amazing things going on over there that we're learning from. And we have things that they're learning from. Um, and yeah, I just don't think like that NA versus EU thing, like for me, I try not to play into it because like, I want our fans to be fans of North America because they live here, because they're excited about the future. And like, because hopefully one day, like we are, um, you know, as competitive as everybody wants us to be. But in the meantime, we have like amazing players. We have an awesome broadcast and I want our fans to be like really proud, you know, to watch and to, to cheer and uh and to support us and hopefully like we can give them something to be proud of because like that's on us as well yeah that's no, super fair uh mr page thank you so much for the call um and uh and hopefully we'll get you on i know we're kind of rushing through some calls tonight but hopefully we'll get you on in the future and i'm sure this conversation will continue for a while um but is there anything that you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller yeah, uh, shout out Grubhub, Alienware, my amazing girlfriend, and then also just the production this summer split has had. Awesome. Really seen kind of the progress that it's been making. So shout out to you all. So, Thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. All right. Is it time for the faded it's last time. caller? Okay. Jackie, you're in for a treat. Tom oh, Shue <laughs> is a fixture of the North American scene. He's uh -huh, a red okay. mod. He is. He's a Reddit mod. That's all you really unhinged. need to know. Yeah, he's a Reddit mod. He's unhinged, but by definition. So uh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, so Mark's gonna go grab a Mister Shoe. Uh, Colorado Frost. Thank you. My my PS. Thank you for the fifty months. Five zero. Thank you so much. And Mad to the Jack. Thank you for the five. It is none other than Tom Shoe here, Mister Tom Shoe. Where are you calling from? Uh, hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, calling from Washington D.C. Yeah, Mark, I, I appreciate you listing out all, all my accomplishments. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're really number one. You serious supporter? I, 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 I left mystery. that one off. I, sh I should yes. have, of course. He's been he's been calling into Hotline League for a long time and is so iconic that um, the Reddit often pulls. You know, he has a lot of stances. Anyway, yeah. Uh, what, what do you want to talk about, cake. Tom? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it quick this time. Uh, really. I <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to ask a little bit about, um, I, I know you have a, a prior, you know, prior history as a uh, community manager, so I'm sure you've been spending plenty of time over in the, uh, various social media platforms, Twitter, Reddit, trying to get a various uh, sense of the sentiment in the community. Uh, I had a question for you. I'm not sure if this is something you've noticed, but one of the things that, uh, you know, a lot of us in the long timers in the community have noticed over time is that there are. There seems to be, at least in NA, there's been a, a long-standing negative feedback loop when it comes to being able to, I would say, celebrate our successes and like the accomplishments of players when it comes to, I would say, putting it accomplishments. Comes to what, sorry. It comes to celebrating achievements and accomplishments, player successes within NA and uh -huh. within the LCS. It is very difficult. I found that it's very difficult for players to show personality in moments that aren't structured, like say with uh, with streaming or putting in uh, like trash talk on Twitter, things that uh, you know normally would expect players to get or get fans very excited and invested in invested in games. 
you know, without, uh, say, if it, they try to talk trash on Twitter and lose, then, you know, they get absolutely destroyed on Reddit and it's very, or destroyed on Reddit and destroyed on Twitter. And it's very difficult for them to, <laughs> or disinvent, disincentivizes them to, uh, you know, do that again. So uh, I wanted to ask if the, um, if the production team or the LCS as a whole has kind of come up with any strategies to kind of, you know, address that in like either social media spaces or with the, uh, with the broadcast in general. So just to clarify, the question is how are we addressing the negative sentiment on broadcast and like on the social media platforms? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think part of that is really looking at the communities that we have, right. And where we can connect with fans and obviously like the League of Legends Reddit is a place where I try to jump in like wherever we can and and I'm okay with the negative sentiment, right? Because it's people are telling us like what they have issues with or what they're excited to see or, you know, when they feel like we've made a misstep and and you know, generally reading those comments and getting involved in Reddit and, and, and stuff like that, like is a great way to kind of like get the pulse of the community and like understand what people are asking for and understand what people are upset by. Um so I'm not really trying to change the sentiment necessarily on those platforms. Like it's not about me, you know, it's not for me to go to Reddit or to Twitter or anywhere else and like convince people that there's a lot of positive things going on, right? Like I'm a big believer in like actions and showing by doing, like, I don't want to be the kind of person that just makes promises and whether it's to, you know, fans or to my internal team, right? On things that we can or can't do. Um, and so I think, you know, Again, showing by doing, really taking into account all that different feedback, trying to fold it into the broadcast, trying to, you know, make the content and the uh, events and the experiences that people are asking for, you know, to me, that's like how we win with, you know, positive sentiment. Like that's how we start to change the narrative and how people become proud again is when they feel like they're part of a community and they feel like we're listening and, you know, they feel like um, we're trying our best and working as hard as we can to make those improvements. So um, I don't know if they answered your question, but it's not a, a forcing function necessarily of like, how can we change sentiment on all these platforms? It's like, how can we make the best possible league and programs and broadcasts, you know, so that fans hopefully want to cheer for us? Um, I will try to distill, I think, a point Tom Shu had that is relevant. Um, there's obviously like two parts to the negativity. I think there was the whole like negativity around the league and the broadcast and the content, some of this like just general environmental stuff, I guess you would call it. But to Tom Shu's other point, there is also just due to international performances, a talking down to anything a North American player does. Um, it, because we haven't won worlds, we haven't made a world finals. You know, there's these times where we are the punching bag of a lot of the other it's mostly actually just like reddit and english-speaking communities to be fair I, I don't know if korea like is actively like i don't think that their opinion is going to reflect on north americans players own perception of themselves but um i do think there is a point about how the overall english-speaking ecosystem twitter reddit these kinds of things disparages players doing well because it's in north america um, and that's maybe a separate issue than just like negativity around the product. Uh, I don't know if there's anything that you can speak to around that angle. Yeah, I think it is again, like looking, you know, it's the same thing that 
F1 and MLS did, right? Like all the football fans in the world are like super negative at MLS. Some, many still are, and about North American football overall in general, right? Um, and again, they've invested in their ecosystems, they've invested in their infrastructure, and they're being competitive. I think like this is the first time ever that Canada has made it to the World Cup, right? Like that's a huge point of pride for me and like seeing the development of our players grow um, and compete internationally. I mean, one of the best players uh, in the world is Alfonso Davies and he's Canadian, right? He came up through our system and um, more and more and more uh, opportunities like that where we can grow talent, where we can tell those stories, where we can work with our teams and Riot, you know, to increase the level of investment in North America. Like that's how the level of skill is going to grow, right? That's how the fan base is going to grow. Like we have to take those steps to, again, like see talent, support talent where like people are proud of that um, and where people are proud of the LCS, right? And and um, I hope that people realize like you can still be a fan, like you can watch, like I know some people care about viewers or they care about performance or they care about different things. But as long as like people are coming to our broadcast and they're like enjoying what's going on, they feel like they can be a part of the community, you know, that uh, celebrates our players and our teams and like can enjoy the broadcast. Like that's really what matters to me. And I, I really do think like long-term we will grow that skill development and we will be able to compete. And you, again, if you're looking at this as like a hundred year global sport, like I think that that will happen. Um, and I think in the future, like people are going to start to take notice um, of the competition, of the plays, of the players, of the personalities. And um, that's really like all I can ask for is for people to be like proud and excited for the, the future. And yeah, we're the underdogs. That's okay. Like I'm excited about that. I like a challenge. Tom, so you think that was a, a, a very salient point that she put down there, uh, essentially noting that the, uh, the negativity surrounding the LCS is more of a, a symptom as opposed to being an actual problem in of itself. And that we should be spending less time in, you know, <laughs> worrying about uh, what's going on with, uh, you know, why are people uh, bad mouthing us on Reddit and instead putting more focus on trying to make the league as strong as possible. Thank you so much, Tom, for the call. Anything you want to <laughs> shout out before we move on? Yeah, I got one more thing about the. Uh, I think someone made is a, it a, a shout out. Is your one more thing a shout out? Yeah, for yeah, sure. It is. Yeah, okay. I mean, we have a shout out to uh, shout out to Yasui, of course, and. Uh, and uh yeah i'll save it for next week and yeah, whatever thank yep, you so much i appreciate the restraint and i understand how hard it is thank you so much <laughs> it is Tom. hard i'm biting my tongue we'll catch you next time peace well, hopefully next time you won't have to <laughs> <laughs> very good okay um so we only have a couple minutes uh left with you so um, we'll be doing playoff takes after this so people yes. who uh have been sticking around to hear our thoughts about how tsm is going to run the lower bracket That'll be coming up next. Yes, yes. So don't go anywhere. But uh, Jackie, last last question: How absolutely miserable is it working with the LCS team owners? Like, I just have to imagine it is. It has got to be the worst part of the job. You have to deal with these team owners. Uh, you know, they're all uh, crazy people. Uh, how how insufferable is it? I know you're not going to believe this answer, but like. I actually really like working with them. You know, they all in our owners meeting, like I remember standing in front of everybody and being like, you guys have to get on or get off, right? Like that is the phrase I stood up in front of the owners and, and said in our owners meeting. And I think that for our owners, they really believe that we do need change and that we need to, you know, keep improving things. And, and I think if they are vocal or angry about anything, it is like, well, 
deserved and and understandable. Um, and I, I think we have a lot of things that we can do to address their concerns. Um, I had to work with a lot of owners on Overwatch League and Call of Duty League. So for me, it's not really that different. I mean, even when I was on Gears of War, I was going to conferences and like, I remember grabbing Hector from Optic and being like, can you meet me down for drinks? Because I'm going to sell you a Gears of War franchise. <laughs> so, you know, my whole career, I've been working with owners. It's, it's something I'm comfortable with. Um, and, you know, whenever I hear feedback that is, you know, direct and not like sugar-coated, to me, I love that. Like, I always prefer direct feedback. I always prefer like real criticism than just like people sugarcoating things because we're never going to get better that way. Um, and so for me, generally, it's not a problem. Um, I do, I do like working with them, and I promise that's the real truth. I I appreciate. At first, I was going to accuse you of just using Greeley's notes because whenever I used to ask him about it, he'd always be like, "I love working with them." Um, <laughs> but then you said, "Right as Hitstreak, who also used to work on on Overwatch uh, stuff," and the chat said she came from Overwatch League. These owners have to feel like dreams, and so I guess I guess I could I could totally see that if you've had to work uh, over on, the, on that side. Let's make a tier list of. LCS owners. <laughs> we've, we've learned, you know, from Genshin community, tier list performs so well, Travis. It's time to do an LCS owners tier list. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, before Jackie gets in trouble with any of the people that she uh, has to work with on a, on a very frequent basis, um, let's <laughs> let her go. But Jackie, thank you so much. Uh, this has been really good. I know you said you were nervous, but I think... Um, so nervous. I think it, did, it did not show up. I did not I mean, sleep last night. Really? <laughs> you were that nervous? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. did. You did great. And I, I blocked think... off like two hours of my calendar before this session. And I told everyone like no meetings. I have to like prepare. And all I did was like end up just drinking like green tea and eating like chips okay. out of stress eating. So that yes. was terrible. Well, I blame I think... you if I've gained any weight because of yeah. this. My my apologies. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think you did uh, fantastic. I know... People have a lot of questions about where the league is going for next year. I also understand you can't answer all that yet, so hopefully we can get you on, and hopefully this has been as easy of an experience to allow you to feel a little bit more comfortable and you won't eat as many chips and drink as much green tea beforehand. But, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I love the audience. I love the, the Twitch chat. I appreciate the comments. Like, even the ones that are challenging or, you know, are quote-unquote negative, like, I love to hear that stuff. You guys can always tweet me. You can message us on Reddit. You can message us in the LCS Discord. We actually have like a feedback channel. This is like a huge plug for that just because like it's easy for us to be able to interact with people there and like reply to things like that people want or that people, you know, see or don't see. Um, so yeah, like come hang out with us. Join the Discord. Message me on Twitter. Message anyone from the team um, if they're on social media. And like most people I think on the LCS team are like really wanting the best for the league and you know really wanting um to hear from the fans and so like i think if people reach out as far as i know all the lcs staff have been like very open to that and you see quite a few people on like social media you know interacting we're, so. we're not to Thank put you, you on the spot but where can we find the lcs discord since you're promoting it like a link to join it maybe i just google uh, LCS i put discord. it in chat already but okay thank you warden winter Yes. Awesome. He's got it. Uh, it's Discord. Oh, it's easy. It's discord.gg slash LCS. Okay. So if anybody wants to, to go join the LCS Discord, Jackie tried to get me into it. And uh, I I said I was in too many Discords, but now I, I, might, I might do it because I've been folding into it. <laughs> yeah. So. And anyone going to Chicago, like if you see me, say hi. Like I'm going to be walking around with a bunch of merch and swag. Like I'm just excited to meet fans. And yeah, you and, can actually uh, say I that. Mean, obviously, I've right? met people in Houston, but. You know, now that people know what I look like, you know, hopefully they can um, just say hi and, you know, if you have feedback, I'd love to hear it. Um, yes. 
Thank because you before guys. this, I, I think people only knew of you as a Lego person. So I'm glad that uh, now hopefully they'll be able to. <laughs> I think a lot of people were stunned to not yes. find a Lego on the webcam. Honestly, I know. I I've wish. never put myself out there before. No one even knew what I look like online. Like, so this is definitely nerve wracking. And, you know, I wanted, I even have like, if people notice, like I have like a, a my name is like Jack Fowling on, online. It's like a male name. So from way back when I, I never wanted anyone to know I was a woman or what I looked like or anything like that. So I appreciate you and your community being very welcoming and, um, it's been, uh, been nerve wracking, but I really appreciate it. And thank yeah. you guys. No, thank you. Thank you for, uh, for taking the jump and the bet with everybody. And hopefully it works out really well. I will say I now regret not spending a ton of money to make a Lego VTuber, uh, version of you that it, it would have been great if people had tuned in <laughs> and you're just literally oh, a VTuber no. the entire time. It would have been oh, gosh. absolutely well, incredible. Then we could give you the rig for it, and you could do it for all your virtual meetings, too. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you could truly just become a Lego person. Okay. Um, all right, so we will let you go. I'm going to switch over to a starting soon screen really quickly, folks, while we handle with the technical stuff. Um, Jackie, okay. unfortunately, everyone will continue to hear you, so we can't say goodbye or any of the stuff. But I'll follow up with you later. But thanks for coming on, and uh, feel free to yeah, drop from... Of course. Discord and How Skype do I leave and this? <laughs> just just Skype call and hang Discord. up Skype and Discord, and then you'll, you'll be good. All right. Thanks, gang. That was yeah, fun. Thanks for coming thanks on, again. everybody. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So on my end, I'm just adjusting the overlay so that we can have uh, Jackie drop out from the call. But I want to thank everybody for being polite. Um, obviously, I know I am, like many of you, very passionate and have a lot of opinions about the uh the lcs and i know sometimes people want to call in and be very uh angry so i let hopefully we can save that for the next time that she comes on the show but uh you guys all did a good job of behaving yourself which i appreciate okay and we're back um so we're back. mark have you started to pull i got three calls that we okay. can speed run for the next 30 minutes yes sounds good all right let's do it yeah all right cool uh, Mark is off to grab the next caller. Thank you to uh, Ali, Ali, Ali. I'm so sorry. I always forget how to, to pronounce. Uh, Mad to the Jack and Darking for gifting a sub to Avali. Uh, Mark is coming back here any second with the caller. We'll have a, we'll do this call and we'll take a quick break to talk about how awesome Grubbub is uh, because they've pushed their spot a little too late in the show. Um, Probably should have just done it right now, and I'm regretting it in this moment. Okay, Double G is here. Double G, where are you calling from? Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Were you at the uh, the finals previously? Yes, and I was at your live hotline league, and I'm hoping to be able to go to Chicago as well to see you do another live hotline league. Nice. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully you can. Uh, we'd love to see you at the Grubhub stage Saturday morning. But what would you like to talk about on the show tonight? Yeah, so my take is that I think that at this point, C9 are going to be favorites to win NA, and their win against EG was simply the culmination of the team actually coming together. So that's, I know, a bit of a hot take, but I'll dive into some of my points. I think yeah, that C9 in general, they as a team came together after summer, and had a full month behind every other team. And you compare it to the other four top teams, CLG, TL, everyone else, right? They're roughly half a year behind in practice, right? 
And so after two months, they're now coming together with all their practice and they're able to 3-1 EG with their loss to EG being arguably just because Seraphine Senna is really OP. I don't think that they played that game really poorly. And I think that based off of this best of five against EG, they have the correct meta read with ADC being the way to play the game. And Berserker is, I would argue he is probably one of, if not the best players in LCS as a whole region. And I agree. If, thank you. And if they're going to be playing in an ADC focused meta, then if they've got the meta read that ADC's how to play it, and Berserker's the best player in the region, then they're very clearly going to be favorites to win the whole region. That's just my take there. Okay. Mark, as in classic LCS fashion, uh, I had, uh, I had, uh, I saw in the chat a ton of people who all immediately started saying, EG looked horrible. Uh, so it's not like C9 looks good. EG looked horrible. So how much do you do you feel that way? Uh, I feel that way somewhat strongly. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what, what Peter Dunn replied to. This is just a lie. He said, yes, Sam's good, but EG was expected to lose by any and all insiders who scrimmed against them. Oh, okay. That's what Peter said. All right. Um, so I love Berserker. Let me say, four years ago, Travis, on Hotline League, when we were talking about how does North America win worlds, you know what I said? I said we need to find Chovy before Chovy shows up in LCK. I was, that was one of the things. I talked about how we always bring over players most of the time as import prospects for, for people who are in their prime or past their prime, and we bring those players over. And I said, I would much rather spend some resources looking for one of these up-and-coming players who's killing it in, a, in you know academy, in their developmental leagues, in solo queue. Try and get that guy. LS gave his his body up to get Berserker here. He tricked. He tricked C9. Probably better into phrasing thinking he was going to coach Sorry, them. Continue. What's, what's that? I said there's probably better phrasing, but sure, go ahead. <laughs> you never heard "put your body on the line." I feel okay, like that's go, just you being having your on. mind in the fucking gutter. I think everyone else understood what I was saying. Continue um, on. He scammed. He scammed him. Got Berserker to C9 to save the North American region. He is the truth. I love Berserker. I, I hope he stays here a very long time. This is exactly what I was talking about four years ago. We found this amazing young prospect, but they're not going to win North America this split. They're not going to win. Okay. No. No. The 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 all the C9 fans are high on Copium right now. Okay. Well, um, can I just I, yeah. can I butt in real quickly? Yeah. If they just beat the number one team in the region. What makes you think that they don't have it in them to win the rest of the region? Um, I think EG played pretty bad. I think C9 also almost lost to CLG. <laughs> uh, just a week ago, they played a full five-game series. The, the reality is that there's variability in everyone's level of performance. Um, and there, I think C9 is very good. And I'm very happy they're going to Worlds now. But... Multiple times now, we've seen teams in the loser's bracket make the run. EG did it. 
100 Thieves did it the one before. Okay. It happens more often than not. TSM. TSM? TSM yeah, did TSM. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a there's a lot of times where teams make a lower bracket run. And me saying that C9 isn't going to win isn't a shot at C9. It's me taking the field over them. Is my point. Winning this best of five was huge. To your point, it's the best they've looked all year long. That's awesome. I'm stoked for them. I love all these players, but I'm not going to go full in on this team just based off that series. I think that they have the potential to be incredible, but I also just watched one week ago Jensen teleport into the middle of five people and kill himself and give up a Baron situation that ultimately the other team misplayed and kept him in the game a little bit. But like, I'm still a little sketched on some of the stuff. I think also EG laid a turd in, in that series a little bit. Um, so that's my hot take. I realize people are probably going to think I'm anti-C9. It's not a, a, entirely an anti-C9 take. It's more about how playoffs have played out in North America in recent years and how prop bet-wise, statistically, I would take the field over C9 from this point, which is ultimately what your take was about was that C9 is now going to win North America. And I'm saying, ah, I'd actually bet against that from a math perspective. I mean... Travis, I don't know if you have anything here, but <laughs> you're 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 throwing to me. I don't. No, I mean, I would. He's being polite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, I appreciate I it. I appreciate it. I was enjoying too. the back and forth between the two of you. Um, I, I, I agree with Mark. I don't think C9 is going to win off of this. Uh, I don't think. I mean, I think they played really well, and I think it's always disappointing whenever people want to discount that by just being like, ah, the other team sucked, but. I definitely think that um, 100 Thieves will be a tougher, should be, unless they get lucky, a tougher opponent than EG was this past weekend. And so it's it's tough for me to say that. I mean, like, I I don't know. I feel like C9 fans should be really impressed with that this ended up happening. It was it was a huge upset. I mean, Jat was the only one who predicted it. And he was that. he was probably using that information that I later found out was not true about EG stopping scrims with C9 because C9 were... No, he didn't. Stopping. What Jad does is if everyone predicts one team, he just flips the other. Dude, okay. There was actually no belief even in the scrim rumors. Gotcha. He, just okay. did, he just did the contrarian point, and then he gets to milk it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just... They have not... It's, not, it's, it's one series. That is not enough yet to make me believe in them i thought that there was a really good chance that they could take the third spot from tl because i thought we were going to get hunter t and eg going forward sorry clg and uh tsm fans but i did not anticipate this and i don't think anyone did so i it's hard then to immediately be like well after that one match they're gonna continue to do this um but it would certainly uh, well, be hype uh, so fun i don't know why people are saying i said now was bad i didn't i just gassed up berserker as being like arguably one of the best players in the region like in this team being really good and i'm happy they made worlds Mark, i'm just saying league fans can only look at things in binaries okay yeah, it's like you cannot I, you are either a c you're either a c9 supporter or you're a c9 hater and i literally uh, the only thing like i disagreed with was them winning the title from here like i would say like that was the see, only thing i disagreed with. i learned this shit in 2019 whenever i said i didn't think g2 was like a shoe-in for winning worlds and the fucking G2 fans came after me hard uh, for that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's I like, think they could, but I'm not saying that they're definitely going to. Take. And everybody's like, they're our fucking favorite. How dare you? Take. 
here, here comes the take is C9 is going to win the title because they're really good. I go, they're really good, but I don't think they're going to win the title. Yep, you're a fucking hater. Okay, Double G, thank you so much for the call. Uh, congratulations to C9 on this big win. But yeah, anything that you want to shout out? Uh, shout out Grubhub Alienware. Can I give a quick, like, 30 second retort here? Yes, go for it. Uh, so I, I definitely agree. If you're going to do the math, you know, you take the field. I think if the Cloud9 that showed up against EG with all five of their members just full, like, 9 or 10 out of 10, like, play, I think that they very much are the favorites if that team shows up. If the team that showed up against the CLG, they're not obviously going to be beating 100 Thieves on Saturday. But I can only go off of what we just saw, and... That, that's kind of where I'll leave it. So Yeah, and, and I'll throw some quick actual analysis because that was mostly just talking about nerd math shit. Um, I think Fudge, when he's playing well, does the meta counterpicks better than anyone else in the top four right now. Bwipo has off meta counterpicks, but uh, Revenge was popping off about how much Bwipo's counterpicks into Aatrox like, kind of sucked. Or not sucked, but like they're not what you should be playing in the current meta. Um, you know, like Set, Urgot, these kinds of things are off meta counterpicks. They're not in meta like a fiora or something uh so they do have that advantage um someday has been mostly playing meta we'll see if he gets pushed further than that i mean he can just slam aatrox over and over again it's worked against team liquid um but i do think that's a potential advantage that c9 has i think blabber and, and jensen when they're on have really good synergy they basically punish jojo the entire series uh i think it was maybe only game one that they didn't punish him with like an early first blood uh, I think that was the only game as well that C9 did not get first blood, if, if I'm remembering correctly. I think it was a gank onto uh, Jensen for first blood. But like other than that, uh, they, they do have like aggressive playmaking in the early game, and then they always have the late game bomb insurance policy of Berserker. So I, I think they are really good. I just um, This is a team that's been inconsistent all split long uh, due to what you're saying about like the lack of time together compared to the other top teams and so i think this shows that yeah they do have that gear at the start of the year i predicted them to make worlds they're here now <laughs> you know i had them in that graphic uh or i think i dropped them by the time that graphic came out but initially at the start of the year i, I believed in, in the talent um it's just as to travis's point one series is is still like i i don't know if they are just just that version of c9 right now you believed in them at the start of the year when it was a completely different team okay mark we'll give you credit for that okay no, I, said, I said this i said this year i meant this split i said oh, they're okay, making okay, worlds okay. okay once they brought this roster i said they're making worlds double g uh thanks so much for the call anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break yeah no absolutely uh alienware of course grubhub i'm hoping to see you guys uh in two weekends and um travis always shout out to you for your great content i Thank love so all much. the you know recent content with the pros about geography and the the items i, I love all that so please keep it going and thank you guys very much awesome thank you and we'll catch you next time see you all right uh quick thing before we talk about how awesome grubhub is i just want to give a shout out to the broadcast schedule because I don't think LCS always does now that Jackie's not here I can uh, shit talk the LCS like normal she won't even know um, I don't think the broadcast and Riot always do the best job of promoting whenever they have these really dramatic schedule changes the uh, Team Liquid CLG match is this Thursday at 1pm Pacific so there's a chance that like Team Liquid could get eliminated 
buy CLG. You don't know. And like that could just happen on a Thursday. On a casual Thursday, Team Liquid could die. Um, so go be sure that you're watching that on, on Thursday. Uh, Friday, EG with TSM. I mean, we're these are the lower bracket things. So people are going to start dropping and it's going to feel very dramatic. Um, and I just want to shout that out because sometimes people forget about it. Grubhub, by the way, is sponsoring us. There's a bunch of things to talk about with Grubhub, so I'm going to try to slam it all at once. One, not this weekend, but the next, a week from this Saturday, a week from this Saturday, we are going to be doing Hotline League Live. It will be taking place at 10 a.m. Chicago time, which is central, I think. Anyway, it'll be 8 a.m. that morning uh, Pacific. So if you live on the Pacific coast, uh, please wake up early and uh, watch Hotline League with some cereal that you got delivered to you from Grubhub. Um, but please do that. I just wanted to let it remind everybody. So if you're going to the event, make sure you go watch us live because we're going to be taking callers and on stage. Also, Papa Smithy's in the chat. Papa Smithy, are you down to come back on? I'm just going to pitch you. Oh, he already said, Travis, I refuse to be on the show. Okay. We're going to be uh, not having any 100T representation on the show. So um, that's how that'll go. Next up, uh, we've got a $5 off $10 order code, which is 5 off 10 TG. That is the number 5 off the number 10 TG. That'll save you $5 off your order of 10 or more uh, through September 4th. Um, and that's the first 300 delivery orders. So I want to let you guys know that you can do exclamation mark Grubhub in the chat to, uh, to get that going um, if you want to get that code. And then the last thing I was told um, they, they reached out to me about shouting out is that they are also doing. So once you've used my code, because I know you guys are all ordering Grubhub a ton every week, you can also use code playoffs LCS on your order of $10 or more for a chance to win some prizes and even a ticket to the LCS championship um, from, from Grubhub. So please, please, please go use all those codes. Uh, thank you to Grubhub for sponsoring the show. Uh, there's actually an L- an S in it, uh, Numi. It's playoffs LCS. Uh, Boom. Tr- Travis, we should do what we do, what you did with the TSM fam when TSM doesn't give you players with team owners and stuff at events. You mean just we'll bring just on a fan it, to represent? Just bring them? on a fan and then shade the org by being like, "Yeah, well, we tried to get anyone from the org and they just turned us down." So instead, we got. Bill. Uh, Mark, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not at all what I did with the TSM quizzes. Oh, I, you're uh, right. It might be. Might I just be. wanted to include fans. And if, you know, I saw it as an opportunity where if I couldn't, if I got my first couple of requests tonight, I would just put a fan in. I feel like fan Right, right. Is there important. is definitely no motivation behind that other than Mark, raw entertainment how value. How dare you suggest such a thing? Might all right. Might be. We're going to grab the next caller uh, while Mark is doing that. Thank you to. Uh, Manly Hanley, Badger Yar, Trova, Whoopley for two years, and Corey Lulu for 57 months. Holy moly. Um, anyway, we've got a next caller coming in right now, and that's BXMP. Where are you calling from? Hey, um, I'm Bob. I'm calling in from Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I am actually a Cloud9 fan, and I was watching the series on Sunday and in the post-game interview inspired kind of through Jojo under the bus in terms of how that series played out. Oh, I didn't even see that. Oh, you missed this? Yeah. Cause I was outside doing the, uh, setting up for an interview. 
Um, yeah, he did an interview with Pastry Time. Sorry, Mark, did you want to go? No, no, you're good. I have the quotes. So, uh, JoJo, uh, he, uh, Pastry asked how they were going to bounce back and prep for the next week going into lower bracket against TSM. Uh, and Inspired said that JoJo is normally their playmaker, but today that he felt that they, he was silenced. And he said that maybe the pressure got to him because this was the most important series of his career so far. Um, I'm not sure if it's the most so important series I, of his career, but yeah, sorry. Can, uh, yeah, that's, that was that, that was one of my points. I was like, he's played in an LCS final. I don't think that this was the most important series of his career. Like, um, So I was just wondering how you think that's going to affect the inner workings of Evil Geniuses, given that they have like four days between Sunday and Friday to like reset that mental. And I don't yeah. know how a younger player is going to react to that kind of comment. Are we sure this wasn't a promotion for players, given that this was also a central story point in that show? <laughs> I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think that Evil Genius is, is getting that Paramount money. So. Yeah, no, that's a that's a very good point. I appreciate it. Okay. so uh, Peter, Peter Dunn in chat says, want me to come on to answer that? I, don't know. Peter, Peter, I mean, Peter, if Peter comes on, he's going to be like, it's absolutely fine. There's nothing to worry about. Everything's good. Um, but Twitch chat seems to want it. So I guess including, the I mean, I'm, record. I'm okay with bringing Peter on. I, I'm glad yeah. you're okay. I think he was asking me how, what I was thinking. No, I mean, like, I mean, like most, most callers, I'm not sure all callers would just want to get thrown in with Peter. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I, don't, so, I don't care enough. Um, Peter, so join while, a fucking chat and we'll pull Travis, you while you get Peter on, I'll yeah. say, uh, one of the things was not just throwing Jojo under the bus that a lot of people were talking about. It was also like the deflection of his own play that people thought where he talked about like dragon getting smite stolen. And then that spawned the conversation about how like other people were talking about it. Uh, but this is now a Reddit comment, paraphrasing what double if said about it on his co-stream. And he said, I will say one thing that's weird about this interview. When he said the first drag got stolen, it almost felt like he was not really looking at it the same way everyone else is. Like, it didn't get stolen. He let it specifically happen by himself, and it felt a bit deflective to me. Like, dude, a natural disaster happened, a fucking earthquake, and drag got stolen? I don't know, man. <laughs> of course, very, that's a very to... Peter quote. If I've ever heard a double F quote, that's one of them. Um, that's what I was like, that sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, no, it's fair. Okay, Peter Dunn. Uh, uh, how are you managing the relational catastrophe that is currently occurring within Evil Geniuses? Yeah, I mean everything's going. No, no. Everything, I was about to make a joke about everything going to shit, but I knew that would be that would be clipped out of context. Look, sure. If you've seen <laughs> if you've seen Inspired and JoJo's relationship, like two weeks ago, Inspired literally went and found JoJo's first ever tweet on Twitter, and he like was tweeting at it to, uh, uh, you know, refer, you know, how he's gonna stream, and you know, he, uh, just go and look at it. It's really really funny. Like the replies that Vulcan and Inspired did on the tweet. I would say two things about that interview. Firstly, uh, some it was a losers interview. Uh, we literally finished, went into the back room, and we were asked to nominate somebody for losers interview, and inspired volunteered to go. Um, oh, I'm so not he sure wanted that... to shit talk Jojo Pyun. Well, he was no, like, "No, I'm, I'm ready. Give me the engine. fucking yeah. microphone." I, I mean, I, I think that there wasn't really much of a chance for anyone to to go and you know. It's just that he could see that everyone was really down, and he to me that's him like saying. Okay, I'll do. I'll take it for the team. Yeah. Um, the thing that's worth saying though is that their relationship is very big brothers, younger brother, right? Like, if, if you understand that, that's kind of how the relationship is. 
Jojo has sometimes a very, very large ego. Um, I think that people may have seen this on Twitter. And um, this is a little bit of a way to keep him in check. But I will say that, um, you know, this is, if it was Impact going on and saying these kind of things, it would be completely different from Inspired. That's just who Inspired is as a person. Uh, I'm sure on some teams uh, that would cause like a backlash and people would be like, oh my God, you know, because um, I know that in Europe, Inspired has been criticized for doing that, but on EG, nobody, gives, nobody cares, right? Like it's just, it's just a normal thing. And you'll see them flaming each other on Twitter all the time, right? Like they flame each other on Twitter, they flame each other in interviews. Um, and it's not just Inspired, you know, it's just how the team functions with the exception of Danny. Danny doesn't really do yeah, that's all I would say. To that. Sorry for the boring answer, but it's just no, 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 no. I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that you came on. I was about to say basically the same thing. If you weren't, if you weren't in chat, I was going to say I don't think that this is probably that big of an issue because sometimes, here, in my experience, <laughs> players will get upset about things you wouldn't expect them to get upset about, and then not give a shit about things you would expect them to uh, get upset about. And I think that that is like. My read on the situation is like Jojo doesn't seem like the type of I just feel like Jojo would be like, yeah, man, I guess that was kind of troll, man. Like, I don't know. I just, uh, he's going to say something and I'll say something back to him. It'll be fine. So, you know, like, I just, don't I like what Papa Smithy uh, said in Twitch chat too. All the best players that you like are a little bit toxic, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing was Vulcan in Twitch chat had a question for Peter Dunn while he's on here. Why did you give Berserker Zeri three times in a row? Because I wanted to have him. <laughs> And I'm really, I'm a C9 fan, so I just wanted ah, to, okay. to suffer. Yes. Uh, I, Sven also chiming in. Coaches have <laughs> just draft, and they still can't draft, which is extra funny considering Peter Dunn's not even the draft coach. I can't believe you messed it up this bad that you didn't even show up on stage, Peter. <laughs> Sven's just Maxwell Omega lol. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that we have the compete, the supports from this match, uh, showing up in the chat to uh, to go in on this stuff. Okay, um, Peter Dunn, we're going to say goodbye to you now because uh, I'm not sure if you're authorized to speak on behalf of Evil Geniuses in this moment, but I appreciate you popping up anyway. Yeah, <laughs> catch you later. Okay, so BXMP, does that answer your question? Does that solve your uh, your your concerns? Yeah, uh, I definitely answers it a little bit. One thing I was more just thinking about was the, the lack of the personal accountability and some of the... the missed smites in the last game but i mean it definitely wasn't the same evil geniuses playing on saturday that we i mean on sunday that we've seen the rest of the season i don't think that is how they're going to play the rest of the season so uh just good luck to them for the rest of it i'm a cloud nine fan but it would be fun to play them again in finals yeah uh thanks I, so um, oh, Marco, oh, you, you can you can eat him out of here mine's okay. more just a, just a uh thanks so much anything that you want to shout out yeah, shout out to my cousin Levi, shout out to the Grubhub, shout out to Alienware, and uh, yeah. yeah, thanks. Hopefully uh, we'll have you on the show again in the future. Thanks so much for the call. Um, so I think EG, just to speak analytically quickly about this, um, I think they definitely underperformed their own standard, but it's scary now that they're bumped in lower bracket, don't have a, you know any more rope to play with, uh, I guess, and you also have to go through Team Liquid, who's down there, and that's... You know, they lost to 100 Thieves, but even in that fifth game, they had got some kills in the bot lane, and it was just like closer in some of those team fights, playing well with this team and, and setting them up. That kind of turned that game around because I think it was starting to trend in Team Liquid's favor. Um, also, because I had said that C9 
you know, I would take the field over C9. Obviously, you know, Twitch chat called me out a little bit saying, like, you would say that for every team right now. True, because it is a very competitive playoffs. But I would say, in terms of power rankings and not getting into the actual numbers, like, I would put 100 Thieves, then C9, then EG, then TL in terms of likelihood of who I think is going to, like, win the title from here. But on the dive, which we recorded actually on Sunday, it should be coming out soon. I don't know when it's coming out. Uh, I said it was a 3-2 for, for 100 Thieves, and I reserve the right to flip-flop still. <laughs> uh, but that's that's my initial feeling is that um, I don't even think – there was no 100 Thieves takes. Like, I don't know why. Like, it's so hard to like get fans to be like, yeah, we, we play great. Close is insane on this show. Yeah, it's because everybody wants to talk about the things that they – they're worried or complained or upset about um and 100 thieves doesn't give people to anything to worry to be worried about or to be upset about uh all right i'm not a bandwagon person i put 100 thieves to oh. beat tl32 and now i'm saying that i have them to win again how's that okay. bandwagoning here we I go predict, this is mark i love 100 thieves i predicted them in playoffs last year too their the last Twitch split chat. i repped eg last split through the <sighs> low, lower bracket i just had them losing to mark can you grab the next caller instead of arguing with chat why you got somewhere to be? You got a hot date at nine nine o'clock at night. Yeah, your mother uh, likes to stay up late. Dude, anyway, you're so grab, about your mother. Go grab man. the what next caller. Okay, I said about. Uh, thank you to. Oh uh, no, no, nobody subs, so we're good. Um, okay, where are we at? We're waiting for the next caller again. Make sure that if you guys are going to Chicago, that you catch Hotline League live. It'll be at FanFest on Saturday on the Grubhub stage. It's gonna be awesome. Um, okay, Baconator is here. Baconator, where are you calling from? Hello, I am calling from New Orleans. New Orleans, and if you can get a little closer to the mic, that would be helpful because you're a little quiet. Um, but what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so my take was that for the fight for the third LCS spot, Team Liquid is the best team to take that spot because EG's playstyle will perform worse on the world stage. Oh, interesting. Okay, so this means that you're rooting for TL. I mean, I that's my belief. I'm a Cloud9 fan, so I don't have a dog in the fight. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so what what's your what do you think Team Liquid does better that will allow them to do better than than EG? My biggest my, it's not so much a belief in a positive in TL as it is a negative in EG. And don't get me wrong. Listen, I grew up in Houston. I was at the LCS Finals. I was very disappointed. Obviously, Cloud9 wasn't there. But that first game made me an EG fan that Finals weekend. So that was amazing. But as seen kind of from most of this split, a significant part of EG's playstyle early game is to... They don't do a lot until Danny can get online. In North America, I don't think that's a huge issue, but I think internationally the teams are way too good and can do way too be way too much of a problem of waiting that long to get online. I don't think I agree with that diagnosis completely. I think the funnel Danny is usually like a plan B that they have, but like if you look at game one the reason they lost that game was they fucking inted at a rift herald fight that they were trying to take eg in a lot of their losses it's because they opted into fights that they probably shouldn't have including like the tl loss in the regular season where like impact starts getting slammed and they just keep running into them they don't they net this like there's no fight that they don't want to take and in that that first game 
they had just killed Jensen mid and then like C9 started Rift Herald on them and they started roaming Danny and Vulcan up. But then they were late to the play and they still picked the fight despite being late to the play and not having alts on mid or jungle. And they just got fucking wrecked. I think it was like three for zero. And that whole time Berserker just sat bottom and like pushed for free. I think a lot of the times that, that EG lose, um, it's usually because they pick a bad fight early and then either they just keep opting into it or, and dying. And then the, the reason that you might think they're slow is because after that those fights go bad, they do have that plan B of just spoon feed Danny. And it doesn't always work. And so I think like what you're feeling there is like a bad fight that then they slow down the game a lot to be like funnel Danny. But I don't think that's like their actual preferred playstyle. I think they're usually pretty scrappy around neutral objectives. Mark, is there? A... Oh, go ahead, caller. Uh, I was. I, I think that's a fair statement. I would just say, between them and TL, I have. I have. Even though TL had a worse record, I still feel like TL. I feel more comfortable in their ability to play around early game, than a hundred. Than I feel about EG, in which I think is a way bigger issue on a worlds. And we see worlds after worlds that early game is so so important. I hear what you're saying. I mean, Team Liquid's early game is really good. Um, it depends, I guess. I, I don't know. Is I, there a world mark where EG just loses very fast uh, at Worlds? Because it's like they just <laughs> yeah. they go all in, and then because they're not as good, they just lose. And so at least with TL, you get longer game tie, whereas EG just like... But TL would be themselves. so depressing because like there's also that problem at Worlds where like your macro is just worse than those good teams, and so yeah. like your early game doesn't matter. We've seen that as well, where like okay, we can go toe to toe for the first 15 minutes, but then we just get spun around and out team fought, which is kind of the thing that would I would be concerned about happening to Team Liquid. So, you know, I mean this is this is the reality of of going to international competition. The other teams are really good and they can punish your weaknesses. If you're too weak in the early game, they'll run over you. If you're just an early game team, they'll survive and then out, out macro you. So I, I don't know if there's an inherent playstyle advantage I prefer. Um I think I, I want EG to make the lower bracket run. I'll just say that. I agree. I, as a as a fan, as like a from a personality perspective, I love EG. It's more just when I was speaking pure play style wise is my take. I don't know. I have a tough time with it. I I definitely want either EG or TL. I think over, unfortunately, CLG or hundred or sorry over um, CLG or TSM. Sorry. Uh, CLG and, and TSM fans, but it's kind of a toss-up for me. I'm I'm a little bummed that I wish we'd gotten the fucking fourth spot. Like the fact that LAC gets to send four, I'm so salty right now because I want to send four. I you know I don't even it's not like we don't not like LAC doesn't deserve it, but fuck I do want it too. Yeah. All right, you have to pick one though, Travis. I picked EG. You've been pushing for beer get worlds this whole time. You gonna stick with it? I actually have no fucking. I literally. Because, no, no, this is not me. This is not me dodging. I know you're gonna say this is me dodging. No, no, no. I wasn't. I, I, but, it is ahead. like actually so fucking hard for me to pick between the two. I think it was your number one and number two storylines. Yeah. I think you would have been happy to drop C9 or, or Hundred Thieves because you care about the NA talent angle, which is the EG side, and then you want the boomer big names, which is the TL side, and now you're forced to pick between the two. Because, yeah, like, I mean, the, the, it felt like EG was a shoe in before this to make right. worlds. 
I think, I mean, I'm, I am happy that Hunter T is going because I think it's really cool to see a team stick together with their roster. Like that just doesn't have, like when I was thinking it was TSM 2016, was it 2015 and 2016? Or was that the last time that we had, um, two TSM, teams? Oh no, yeah, it was 2016, ran. 2017, I think like yeah. actually stay together for two years in a row, like, and go to worlds. Um, I think that that's like the last time that's happened in North America. I honestly don't what G2 maybe in LEC, like, uh, it doesn't happen very often. So I think that's pretty cool. But interestingly enough, I pulled this on my, my Twitter. Did you see the end of the poll? Um, no, I said, I didn't. what team do you want to take the final NA world spot? Uh, 15% last place was TSM, which is very fascinating. Right above them was CLG at 17. 29% Team Liquid and 37% EG. So it's it's actually fascinating to see that the fandom has turned so much in favor of, of EG whenever I felt like people didn't really care who they were this at the beginning of this year. So um, I feel like um, to that point, like I just don't know what I care about Team Liquid making Worlds. Like it's a lot of good players who have been to Worlds before. There will be storylines there, but like EG feels like, God, I want to see them play against G2 again. I want to see JoJo if he's grown from MSI. You know, like, I, mean, I do think it's just what it's what it's what I said before, right? Where it's like it's the the fan who watched through like 2019 or 2016 or 2017, and they're like, oh, should I buy a ticket and go to Worlds? Like, who's playing? And then they look and they don't recognize any of the players, you know. But if if Beer goes and they do recognize and they buy that ticket and they go and they maybe get reactivated on League Esports in North America. I mean, the reality is that we're probably like Worlds is probably going to sell it no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm hopeful, but I don't know. All right. Anyway. Um, yeah, I know this is a classic moment where everybody in the chat says, what about this person? What about this person? What about this person? Guys, go look at everyone's Twitter following and then look at fucking Bjergsen's and then stop spamming my chat. Okay. Um, okay. So Baconator. Thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we wrap this up? Thank you. Uh, it was a pleasure. I got to see you live. You do your Hotline League live in uh, Houston. It was awesome. Nice. Awesome. Thanks. And then, obviously, Alienware and Grubhub. Thank you so much for the call, and we will catch you next time. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Okay. Um, that is the show. Mark, what do you want to shout out and plug? Um... Shout out, I guess a House of the Dragon episode two was better. I enjoyed that one a lot more. Um, Rings of Power comes out this week, baby. Here's the thing with House of the Dragon. So we're not, I watched the first two episodes yesterday because I ended up at a House of the Dragon watch party. Um, no fucking spoilers. I know you already spoil shit. But I think what I realized, part of the reason I'm not excited about House of the Dragon is that the things that I liked most about Game of Thrones were the world building and like the fantasy magic mysteries, right? Like who is the Night King? What's going on? And in the first episode of that show, they fucking pull you in because you immediately see like a, a white or whatever. There's those, those guys. Um, the walk, You see a walker, right? And then you also see uh, like the whole scene. And it's like winter's coming and it feels very epic. The, like there's nothing like that in this show. This show is just it, they've gone full double down on like the, the political politicking. intrigue of the court. And I'm just like that, not saying that that was a bad part of Game of Thrones, but I'm kind of burned out on like, whoa, this noble just betrayed and killed this noble unexpectedly. Wow. You know, and I feel like that's all 
they can do now. And and uh, Game of Thrones burned me on not delivering on the stuff that was actually most exciting to me about Game of Thrones. And so that's so, part of the reason why I'm unexcited about this. Absolutely actually agree with you. I was hoping I, I heard it was based off fire and blood and i was hoping that they actually like went back to old valyria before the yes. fall yes and i wanted to know like what went down there because that right. is such a big mystery in the universe i'd rather see that unpacked than than this and I, I i am enjoying it more but i think that's a good call out about what i'm lacking from this show is because while the fantasy elements are there they're not a mystery there's absolutely no mystery around any magic yes. at all whereas before it was like the god of the, the the light lord or whatever and this thing and that there were so many like little mysteries to pull you through with good character moments and stuff yeah and like that was what got me super like it, it is crazy to me they they create this like massive world with all these crazy mysteries and like what happened to cause this magic and all that stuff and then they just fucking don't deliver on that in game of thrones and they just like spit in your face really for it um, and then in this show, there's just none of that. It's just going to be like, who is, who's going to sleep with who and who's going to murder who can't wait. You know, it, it's too much like lost in that way. I, I burned out on lost whenever I felt like they were just doing things for shock value. And I feel like that's what this show's going to be. I mean, yeah. Lost is a can of worms. I mean, I'm with you. I'm still enjoying it. It's still clear. Like the, the thing it has is that it's much better production value than any other, like in terms of a craft level, it's significantly better than any of the other fantasy shows coming out like aside for arcane maybe but they're totally different in their production value so um yeah i'm curious they're, about they're, rings of power i'm i'm hoping but yeah yeah we'll see how about rings of power but even then it has that kind of amazon studio look that lord of the ring or um wheel of time had yeah all right uh anything you want to shout out though let's blame game this week blame game is about the egc9 series okay uh, for me, uh, everybody stick around because I will show you a rough cut of this week's surprise test. If you want to see that early, should be kind of fun. Um, and then I'm going to hang out on stream and do some other stuff. Uh, rough cuts, by the way, mean that they're unedited anyway. Oh, also just a quick shout out randomly. I don't know if anybody cares about this, but I just want to say I enabled channel memberships cause YouTube basically bribed me to, and, uh, you can now watch all the interviews. Uh, very frequently, I will just, whenever I'm waiting for them to go live on a certain day, you can watch them early. So there's like a fudge interview that's already up. Uh, there's a Whippo interview. There's all sorts of stuff, all sorts of stuff that's sitting on the YouTube channel. Um, and you can just watch it. And it's like $2.99. If you don't want to watch it or pay that money, no worries. It'll come out anyway. But just wanted to mention. Uh, that's it for the show. Uh, Mark, are we doing? Are we skipping this week's next week's on Monday um, since it's Labor Day and doing it on Tuesday? Should we take Labor Day off? I kind of want to take Labor Day off. It's kind of nice. Uh, I guess it depends if Ash does. Like she'll probably have Monday off, so I probably want to skip it. Okay, so uh, we will probably do next week's episode on the sixth. So we'll see you all on the sixth. Let's just plan for that. Goodbye.